Welcome to episode 89 of The Kraken Pod. It's the Alexander Mogilny episode. It's a podcast for Seattle Kraken fans, those new and old to hockey, and hockey fans looking to have fun. Along with you, we try to go into what lies beneath when it comes to everything Seattle, Kraken, and the NHL. In Kraken Pod news, we got a YouTube! That's going to be awesome. Uh, this is an awesome episode because we're going to have special guest Piper Shaw who, by the way, is like the all-time leader in guest appearances uh, on the Kraken pod, so thanks to her, talking about the upcoming Kraken season and also, too, how everything's been going. So excited to talk to Pipes. Reasonable expectations from Maddie Beniers. We have to kind of calm down a little bit, or maybe we should get more excited. We'll find out. The Zegris extension in Anaheim, was it good? Was it worth it? He'll be somewhere in three years anyway, somewhere else. So we'll find out more about that. No dumb questions. We'll talk to Piper about this too. Do other teams give as much access to the team as the Kraken do? This is a great question from a fan and our three stars of the week. That's how you find out about how Joey and I are doing in our personal lives, which I know you're so pumped about. So let's get to it. Episode 89 of the Kraken pod. Let's go. What is up? My name is Jeff Janusik, and this is my friend and co-host, Joey Cirillo. How are you? I am good, man. Kraken uh, preseason game last night, which I know we will get into uh, in a second here, but uh, whew, it's coming. So as of today, what, seven days until the regular season puck drop against the Vegas Golden Knights on the night they drop their banner, and then we have to, you know, spoil it by winning. So there you go. Yeah, actually, I can start looking forward on my calendar to, like, what actual day is mm-hmm. that what day of the week is it i don't even know what is tuesday, it tuesday tuesday the 10th oh tuesdays are great man i love yes. that national broadcast too so yep. no one's gonna have any issues uh which that will definitely come later on in the season so yeah totally you, wait did you that. see that the vegas golden knights launched their own uh network streaming network for all their games i love that that's like actually night really cool. plus i hate how much i love that like the, the kraken need that well, you know, who's going to, you know, lead the way in innovation? Uh, it's going to be Las Vegas, right? They've they got so much money. They're printing money. They now have the giant sphere concert venue, whatever that's called. Dude, that, that's insane. sick. That's sick. I, I, hate I watched too. like 40 TikToks of the U2 concert there. Yeah. I'm not even like a fan of U2. And it can't just stand looks them. unbelievable. Like it just looked at you can't stand them either. I thought you were going to tell me that you love them. No, I can't stand U2. But I was going to say is like, I would totally go see you two in that arena mm-hmm. just to see the arena, just to see this, this fear thing. And I can't, I hate you two. I hate them. And what's great about this fear is at least from what I've seen, all the videos, it looks like the balcony seats, like the, the cheaper seats are the, are the better ones to have in the house because you get the whole view of the stage and of the sphere. My vertigo got me a little bit. Like my hands were sweating, like Eminem and eight mile. Like I was kind of freaking out watching it, but dude, it, no, it looks absolutely incredible. Um, I, I have to go to a show there. I can't imagine what the ticket prices are. Well, wait a couple of years when the the like the luster dies off, and then it'll get cheaper. And then the bands that like you know I grew up with, and you grew up with too, some of the older bands, you know mm-hmm. the cheap the cheaper versions will start going there, and we can actually afford to do it. So yeah, imagine uh, staying at a hotel like across the street, and you come back from like some you know Vegas club it's five in the morning you try to go to bed and this fear is just like projecting images through your freaking hotel room window <laughs> yeah all the hotels in the vicinity have probably invested heavily in blackout curtains like I double would, blackout curtains i would hope so 
Yeah. Well, uh, no, I'm, I'm totally excited for hockey. It's, it's, for me, it's always a slow roll into getting amped about it. Like by the time, you know, this is Tuesday, the 3rd of October, we're recording this. By the time we get to next Tuesday with the season opener, I'll be really pumped. Like right now I'm like 50, 50, you know, like the preseason stuff's weird. We had that split squad scrimmage, you know, last night in the exhibition game, the, the Oilers won, but we still wanted to practice shootouts. So it's like, it's still practice hockey. I'm just not mm-hmm. totally there yet, but I'm I'm going to be, which I'm excited about. Yeah, same man. And also shout out to a uh, producer Brandon because when he was editing last week's episode, he actually sent me a text and he's schooling my uh, new school hockey ass. And he was like, "Hey man, by the way, split squad scrimmages say that three times fast. Um, they're very common. Uh, it happens pretty often uh, during the preseason. And as I was talking about last week's episode, it's a good way for teams to get more guys on the ice and kind of see what they got going on and kind of extension from rookie camp and all that stuff. He's like, it actually happens pretty often. So there you go. Well, that's awesome because I honestly, I never pay attention to the preseason. I've been watching hockey my whole life and I, I, I'll just make a mental note is do not forget this fact next year when this happens again, because I don't remember it ever. But then again, preseason hockey is like, I, I honestly think this is this is the past couple of years. These games are actually on television, you know. So mm-hmm. anyway, but uh, super. It's a super tease, pumped. man. It's like just the tip for hockey. Yeah. But in seven days, we're going we're going balls in. It's, it's, it's okay. Oh, hold up, we got a guest on this episode. We got to keep it. <laughs> we got to keep it clean, somewhat. Uh, uh, from Root Sports and from your Seattle Kraken, we're really excited and very thankful to have Piper Shaw on this episode, breaking down, you know, from, from inside the Kraken organization, what this season's going to look like for the Seattle Kraken. So we'll talk to her in just a little bit. Uh, super, super excited about that, but we should just get to it. Let's get to your Kraken reaction so we can break down the, the exhibition game last night and a few other things. So uh, it's a little redundant, but let's get to your Kraken reaction. All right, so last night we we lost, but did we lose? Because then we went to a shootout. I mean, it's preseason losses don't count. But wins count. We we wins lost. Count. So we're undefeated. Four one to Edmonton. I did watch a few minutes of it, um, which was awesome to see, and and that was part of my ramp up into enjoying hockey. I was like, all right, okay, okay. I, when these games these games count, I'll I'll be into this. I can see this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some there were some high points. There were some low points. Um, the low point for me was the shootout. Again, still having issues there. I mean, Maddie Beniers looked nice, but uh, I think Jordan Eberle is in a in a shootout funk. And and maybe I, I need to go back and look to see like who who first of all who was the most successful shooter for the Kraken in shootouts last year. We didn't have we didn't have you know anything great going on. No, it didn't look good for us last year at all. You mentioned Eberly. I want to talk about Father Canner because this guy, you know, lit the lamp last year, man. He was uh, he was hot all freaking season. And for some reason, him in shootouts, like, is just not working. I don't know, you know, if if Hack needs to, to start thinking about some things. I know the fan favorite right now is to get Adam Larson, the big cat out there, let him get some time in the shootouts because he's, you know, been effective in the past. I'm not really sure what to do. It's kind of strange to have like a prolific score like Father Canner not be able to produce that good in the shootout. So yeah, the Kraken lose in a shootout, which by the way, didn't even need to go to because the Kraken lost the game four to one. The lone goal was Kyler Yamamoto, the Washington native. And by the way, speaking of YouTube, just put out a YouTube video about why he's a stud and why he's going to thrive with the Seattle Kraken. So please, people follow us, subscribe, all that stuff. We'd love to hit 100 plus 
uh, subscribers here in the next couple of days, just at Kraken Pod. Uh, go on YouTube, subscribe, and all that good stuff. We already have a couple of videos up, but we're moving forward, and we're going to be doing uh, live uh, – not live, but we're going to be doing uh, full ep- video episodes uh, for the podcast in the future, interviews like the one we're doing with Piper Shaw. That will be on the YouTube channel, so please stay uh, you know, stay up to date on that. But anyways, yeah, man, Yamamoto, he scores against his former team. That was great to see. Uh, but overall, he had the crack and lose 4-1. And what I love about preseason hockey is I discovered that, like, shit doesn't really matter. You kind of just make things up. Like, that. at the end of a 4-1 loss, both teams look at each other and they go, hey, you want to have a shootout? And they just go and do it, which I did not know was a thing. So I'm a huge fan of that. Let me let me, let me me guess who suggested that. Uh, hey, 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 Edmonton, uh, can, can a little <laughs> shootout practicing going on? Uh, Edmonton's we- looking at Connor McDavid and, and Drysaddle being like, yeah, we can do a shootout. Yeah, no problem. Sure. <laughs> we'll show you how to do this. Can we put these guys out twice? Well, a deal. We'll do the shootout if we can just put these guys out repeat, repetitively. McDavid will shoot three times. You pick your three best guys. And then after we win, you guys can try to figure out what, you, what, what you're doing for this lineup because the regular season in a week. So good luck. Well, I'm excited to ask Piper Shaw about this too because part of the, the, the questions we have for Piper are, you know, what seems to be most improved going into the season compared to last year, but then also too, like what are still some of the concerns from last year going into this year? So I'm, I, I'm wondering if she's going to say anything about the shootouts. We shall see. Agree. It, it, it was nice to see uh, uh, just a regular uh, preseason game and not having to worry about the split stats. Also too, I had the opportunity to watch it. So that was pretty cool. That is pretty um, cool. I did not have a chance to watch it. I was doing some prep for the pod, but I was also watching the Seahawks absolutely beat the brakes off of uh, the New York football giants. And that was a lot of fun to watch. Um, giants are terrible. Devin Witherspoon. God, what a stud. Yeah. I mean, unbelievable. But anyways, yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think he had like more interceptions in his collegiate career than he allowed like touchdown passes against like five to four or something. I mean, like, he's just insane. So fifth overall pick he was showing out last night. That was great. Uh, also September 28th. Uh, so like what last week uh, there was another preseason game against Vancouver. Uh, the Seattle crack and they won that game three to one. Just a couple of quick notes from that game, man. Uh, Tolvanen, AKA Ellie Golvenin, He had two goals. One of them was on the PP strong PP for Golvenin, uh, Decord and Groovy. Uh, they split time in net Joey pro Joey pod, uh, zero goals on seven shots and Groovy gave up one goal on 10 shots. So, you know, a, a, a perfect, you know, one, 100% and the 90% that's uh, looking good. Um, and Riker Evans has had to make a note of this dude. He looks like an NHL ready defenseman. So, He's really, really, really impressed. Uh, Haxtell, he's been public uh, public about that. Like he's been singing his praises. Um, I would be, I don't know. I, it's it's hard. because I'm trying to think of the roster and like where exactly he would fit. But you know, Riker Evans is definitely trying to play his way onto the Seattle Kraken roster. Him and a uh, member of the Kraken Pod fam, Ty Cartier. Ty Cartier has looked freaking awesome, and he only continues to just grind and work and just show out. And I'm really excited for the future of this dude. We'll have to have him back on. There's just so much excitement about this team in the future uh, that, that uh, brings up uh, last week, ESPN ranked the top 10 NHL teams for the next three seasons. And, and a lot of people were like, what the hell is this list? And what ESPN did was they broke down the future power rankings based on a couple of different things like, you know, uh, drafting salary cap, current team, you know, position, that sort of stuff. And they have the Kraken at number five overall, as far as like the power rankings, uh, basically because of, uh, what Ron Francis has done and, you know, all the, the, the talent that we have stacked across all of our teams 
the pipeline's fantastic. It looks awesome for uh, a long time to go to come, way past three years. So that was really cool. That uh, you know, we've just we we other people, other um, outlets are noticing how rich we are, rich we are with young talent. Mm-hmm. Um, super excited about that. And speaking of that, we talked about this last week a little bit. We were talking about like over under on Maddie Benier's points yes. coming up this season, right? Is, you know, the Kraken, they are scoring by committee, but if anybody's going to be the superstar on the team, it, it could be Maddie Beneers. And I think what, what do we agree on? Like I said, the over under was like what? 70. We looked 20? at his point. We looked at his point totals from last year, 57 points on 24 goals and 33 assists. And we definitely took the over on that. I mean, I think at this point, I mean, you know, second full NHL season, but I think where he is at, um, I think he can kind of sleepwalk to get those stats again. You and I talked about, was it 70 or 72? I'd have to go back and 72, and, right? It was really know, like I think 70 he said mark. 75. And I said, I'm, I'm going to take the under on that. I said, give me like high sixties, low seventies. Yeah. I, I think he gets to 70, 75 though. For some reason feels like it's a little much, but he, Hey, look, we're not the only one discussing, you know, will, will Maddie Beneers have a, a breakout season as in like, you know, better than last year, which I'll totally take a repeat of last year too. Um, yes. And the athletic kind of broke that down a little bit further about the expectations behind Matt Veneers. Yeah. It was really interesting because uh, the athletic was just doing another thing where it's like, Hey, let's talk about every NHL team and kind of like the questions surrounding them. And uh, Thomas Drance from the athletic, uh, his question was, what are the reasonable expectations for Beniers? Uh, for this upcoming season. And he brought up a really good point, which I did not know uh, this stat on big stats guy, just like, uh, just like Ty Cartier. And uh, his, uh, his thing was uh, last year, it was all about efficiency over volume. And he's just wondering if Beniers is going to get an increase in volume for the season, because last year, which I did not know, Jeff, his finished clip rate. So the, you know, the percentage of which he's getting, uh, you know, pucks in the back of the net was over 16%. And uh, Thomas Drance brings up that, over the past decade, you know, arguably like the most prolific score in the NHL during that period from an efficiency standpoint uh, was Tampa Bay Lightning captain Steven Stamkos. And he's averaged about 16.8%. So he's like, you know, is it is it feasible that Matty Beniers is going to be able to, you know, sustain this kind of level of productivity? And while the answer typically points to no, um, so he's like, okay, well then his, you know, his production has to go down a little bit, right? But at the same point in time, um, you, he also believes that, and I believe as well, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this, that Matty Beneers is going to get a lot more volume opportunities. Like his, uh, his shot rate is going to go up a lot. So that is why I believe that I think, I mean, again, he'll sleepwalk to 57 points, right? Um, but with all that being said, uh, the proficiency – uh, percentages were were very interesting. Do I think that's sustainable? Not necessarily. Would would I be shocked if he did? Yeah, but it would be incredible. Um, but at the same point in time, I would love to see his volume go up, and I do think it's going to go up this season. Bucket list for us on the Kraken Pod, by the way, is I think we should, you and I, Joey, we should, mm-hmm. through the podcast this season, we should make up new stats that are like specific to the Kraken. I like like, like uh, tentacle ratio or something like that. Okay. Because, you know, again, number one, I'm not a numbers guy. Uh, number two, mm-hmm. I'm old school in, in a lot of ways. And number three, finish clip rate. I've never heard of that ever. I'm pretty sure the athletic invented this 
I have no idea. It's just the amount of times the puck, the puck finds the back of the net. I know you're old school. That's you, and, you and Mike Babcock, you guys are both old school guys. This is what you do. Let me see your I phone, cannot. Joey. Let me see your phone. <laughs> I need to see it. Theo's sleeping on it. Here you are go. you Here's tweeting shit about me behind Here's my, my phone. back? All right. What's going on? Just Show me what I took in Las Vegas. Show me your last you photo go. on your camera roll. What do you got? Show me. I need to see it. All I right. want to see it for your summer vacation. Show me. I'll right. show you. you want to see a last, show, last I'll show you mine if you show me yours. All right. Here you go. It's my buddy Steve at the wedding I was at in Minnesota. So there is you that go. truly your last photo on? What's your last photo on the camera roll? My very last one. Very the very last one you you have on there. I don't care if you downloaded it. Whatever. I'm gonna get made fun of so hard for this. I went full hippie. It's a quartz that I picked up for creativity. Yeah. And expression to help me out with my work. So there you That's go. That's all. I love that. I, I kind of I'm always looking for that sort of stuff. I know. My, put it, mine put on was a projector. A, let's talk about it. Mine was a client thing that I made for a veterinarian. <laughs> but I did make this yesterday during the golf outing. I did make a video yesterday okay. of my buddy who uh, was posing in front of a. Uh, um, uh, Omaha steaks mm-hmm. uh, and he and I, we made a video of him trying to sell him that energy is very high in this video it is yeah so there this, you is go. Why, so, this is why we're making the move to YouTube because anyway we'll need to see what you're showing me I'm a little uncomfortable by the way he's laying on his side it looked that's a little what sensual. it was meant to be it was, it was, it was I would, be that way. hope yes. so because if that was not intentional yeah, it was very intentional your uh, so by the way when I grew up Finnish clip rate was called goals so there mm-hmm. you go um, so we need to make up our own stats yeah. During the, and it's like we should reference them and not explain it at all. And people be like, what the hell are they talking about? Tentacle ratio. I'll like, happily well, do that for you just so yeah. you look confused and the episode just falls apart. Please do. Well, it yeah. always falls apart. So yeah. there you go. <laughs> I think, okay, so with Maddie Beneers, here's here's the deal is I I feel, and this is, I don't have, I don't have dates. I don't have the timeline, but last year was a growth season for him, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think he's super talented and I definitely think he's going to beat his point total from last year. Yeah, he's definitely, I think 70 plus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the he the league kind of caught up to him a little bit. He, you know, when he came in at the end of the first season, he was buzzing around. Everybody else had that was, you know, they were beat down, tired. He's fresh legs and he's flying around and he just impressed and he looked like he was zipping, right? Yeah. Then he comes into the NHL. He came out hot. He came out zipping at the beginning of the last season and he had stretches, but he also went through a couple of different things. He got, you know, he got hurt. He got unfairly, uh, the, he had the shit beat out of him unfairly um, by Tyler Myers, all these sorts of things. Like he was going through all of that. So yeah, I think he kind of lost a step, but he now knows in the off season, and this is all just guessing something for, for Piper Shaw to talk about is training and getting ready. And I, I feel like coming back this year, we're going to start to see more of that Matty Beneers step and pep because he knows how to conduct himself on the ice. He's going to be more hockey smart. He's going to know how to watch out for things like the Tyler Myers of the league. Mm-hmm. And he will still have that just innate talent and skill to snipe him a whole bunch of points. So I, I do feel like Matty Beneers has a breakout season this season. And again, this will come down to the Kraken game. Is there room for that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I think his talent's going to shine this year, and he's truly going to be one of those superstars in the league. See, uh, yeah, I'm curious to talk to Piper about this, which we will be here soon. Um, I I would argue that he already has like the work regimen and all that stuff down. I, I do. Th- I mean, he's 20 years old, man. So, I mean, the fresh legs are definitely a thing. Um, it was interesting. I actually listened to, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it, but the interview that he did uh, during NHL All-Star Weekend with the Spit and Chicklets guys, 
Um, was it all-star weekend? No, you know what? Sorry. It was the NHL awards. Cause it was after the season. And Maddie was talking about how, um, just the playoffs, right? Like, and, and I don't know if he was caught off guard or anything like that, but I think the intensity, um, and the level to which people were playing at, it sounded like surprised him a little bit. And he was getting, he was getting lit up. Um, I forget which game he referenced specifically, which, you know, this makes for great podcasting, but there was a game that he talked about specifically where he was like, dude, I was just getting rocked all the time. Like just slammed into the boards, constantly hit trying to make adjustments. And then he'd just go back to the bench, like, holy shit. So, um, I do think those things play a factor. Um, I'm really, really excited, man, because I think that the Seattle Kraken will kind of take on the identity of the Seattle Seahawks this season. And I say, and I say that in a sense of like a young, a young team or a team that's getting younger rather, but is still capable in finding ways to win games. And I'm very, very excited for that. Um, I, I forgot, was it Jaden Schwartz last night after the preseason game or even before? Cause you know, they lost four to one in a shootout that shouldn't have happened. Um, but he was talking about how the chemistry of this team has really started to show because this is really, I mean, for the core guys that are still here, um, this is year three, right? So like he mentioned how not only have they gotten the time on ice together, but they've gotten to know each other's families, friends, they're spending time together and all that stuff is really starting to translate to on the ice. And then you throw in the extra time they got together during the playoffs and having that bonding moment. You have guys on the team uh, that have won, you know, championships before they know what it takes to win a Stanley. And then you bring in a guy like, like Dumoulin, right. From Pittsburgh, like this guy's won a cup. He understands what it takes to get the job done. You have guys like Eberly who fly out. like, we need to win a cup. Like that's where I'm at in my career. It's what I want to do. So you combine all of these factors. And I think it's going to be a really, really like last year was a cohesive unit. I think we're only going to see more of that this season. I'm really, really freaking pumped for it. You know, as an average at best human being, I don't know about you, Joey, but um, if you're I, average, I'm already in hell. So. I, 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 no, uh, we're in the same boat. I to hell. <laughs> I, I gauge like I wake up and go, all right. I feel I feel good this morning. Like I feel like I got some energy. I, so what was it? Okay, I got my like you know seven and a half hours of sleep. So that's good. I uh, didn't have any drinks last night. I ate ate pretty well. And then days that I, you know, wake up feeling like tired and slow is like, oh yeah, I had two beers. I did, you know, like you're always doing inventory of, of mm-hmm. how you feel. Right. And the idea is, is, you know, trying to get consistent in that. That's, that's my thought. I can't imagine, you know, getting used to being a professional athlete, which is why so many probably pay for people to make their food, that sort of stuff, because, you know, that's probably what Maddie was going through was all the different, the ups and downs of the NHL, managing your energy is like some, some days just, you know, waking up to get the kids to school and go to work and then put in a decent day. It's hard for me to figure out, right. What did I do wrong? Did I, you know, did I drink too much water? Did I drink too much wine? You know, like it, it, that's that, that sort of thing. So that's what he's figuring out right now. And that's what he figured out last season. I guarantee you he's coming into the season going like, okay, cool game day. I'm here's my routine. This is why they're so superstitious, right? Especially in hockey. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. I'm going to eat the pasta. I'm going to show up at this time. I'm going to take a nap here. That's when I felt my best and then repeat that and then learn and learn and learn. And eventually as he gets like three, four five years under his belt and he gets to that prime, he's really got that system down, which is why, Connor McDavid is so freaking good because he's he's a machine. He's a robot. He does the same. He just, his routine is work out this, do this, do this, do this. And he just produces on the ice. So 
This is a great, I think this is a great segue. I think we, we saved the Zegra stuff for later on. Yeah. I think we should maybe talk to Piper Shaw about this very question to start everything off. So let's get to it. The Kraken pod 23-24 Seattle Kraken season preview with Piper Shaw. There she is, Piper Shaw, the one and only. I don't know how we keep conning you to come onto this this pod, but thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> of course, of course. Happy to be here. So um, we, you know, we we're kind of coming in hot here. Like there's so much to talk about, all the stuff that you kind of did in the offseason, and there's so much hockey to talk about. But Joey and I were just having a conversation about Maddie Beneers and this athletic article basically saying, okay, look, he is probably gonna come in and have a great season. Here's why. And we just broke it down. But my initial thought was like, you know, he went through the first season, full season in the NHL, crushed it, rookie of the year, winning that Calder Trophy. Just he's just awesome, right? Um, but we're kind of in the frame of mind of like he he's got to be looking different to you at camp. Is he going to come in and dominate? I think Joey and I said our our, our over under on points was like seventy two. <laughs> Joey, I think Joey was hesitant to take the over. Um, I think taking, he gave me 75 and I was like, oh man, I don't know. That's maybe that's what it was. I'm taking, I'm taking the over. I'm thinking like 81 points, but you're, you're watching him. You're seeing him. You're talking to him. How did Maddie approach the off season and what, what do you expect from him this season? I think one of the biggest things that people notice, noticed about him last year and particularly his coaches noticed and that they really wanted him to change and kind of work on was building his strength, staying on his skates. You know, it's we saw Maddie get bodied off a puck a time or two. Frankly, we did. He knows it. He knows it. The coaches know it. And so I think I know a focus for him was just building, building muscle, building mass, being stronger on his skates. And I think we've already seen in camp and even in these preseason games he is visibly, clearly so much stronger on his skates, which allows him to be stronger on the puck and just complete plays more, you know? And so I think that is a huge element for him. Um, that would be probably one of the biggest things I would say he worked on in the offseason. But also it looks like him and his line, they never left. Like they didn't take the summer off. They came back out in preseason just electric as always, so effective. Um, and, and it's preseason, you know, so they're not necessarily – being shut down system wise in the same ways and things. But um, I think it's really promising seeing McCann and Eberly and Maddie all back together. Like, like truly they never left. And to your point of how many points will he go for? One of the things that the team has been talking a lot about is just, they anticipate this season to be harder for them because they anticipate people are going to take them very seriously. They think that they're, you know, Jordan Eberle has said it a bunch, like we're not going into games anymore where people are like, Oh, this is maybe like a night off kind of a game, right? Like it's not an easy two points. So that makes it also more difficult for them if they're being taken more seriously as well. So um, I don't think that counts against Maddie in the points, but just something that I've been processing and thinking about a little bit as we watch him in preseason, you know, did, did you, that, that's awesome to hear. Now you said he physically seems stronger. Have you spoken to him about what he's been doing? Like I've always wondered that. Like obviously, you know, there's trainers and there's staff that are probably doing the whole, you know, robots injecting things into him legally, right? But uh, you know, making things awesome. Like how 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 do players build that strength? Is it just pure time in the gym? Is it like refining how they eat? Have you spoken to Maddie about that? Do you know anything about that and what he's done to to get stronger? 
I haven't spoken to him about anything super specific, but many media members um, have asked him several times and he just mostly says time in the gym and time on the ice. I mean, especially it sounds like time in the gym, like straight up building muscle. I would assume diet, you know, goes along with that. If you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to make gains, sure. you got to eat like it, obviously. But I don't, <laughs> Maddie didn't say it. Not that I know of that he's altered his diet in a dramatic way. When he um, walked by you, did he smell of protein powder and peanut butter? <laughs> Lots of no, chicken smells, and rice. He smells like a hockey bag, like they all do. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I, I did notice that he got bigger because I saw some off-season photos of him hanging out like on a beach somewhere. I'm pretty sure like him and Trevor Zegras are tight. So I was taking, speaking of vacations, you got to tell us, European, tell us about your vacation. Tell us about Paris, finding out you win two Emmys while you're in Paris. Kind oh, you're of, talking uh, to me. Break. I was like, yeah, Maddie won Emmys? <laughs> yeah, no, you. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah. More hardware. Oh, <laughs> no, Jesus. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, you won more hardware in the offseason than Maddie did. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, te- technically, I, I guess <laughs> yeah. so. Little, little different. My two Northwest regional Emmys. Impressive. Maddie's Still impressive. Trophy, you know, yeah. pretty much the same thing, basically. Yeah. It, yeah. No. No, yeah, I had a I had a great summer, Joey. Thanks for asking. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I was super busy. I cover the storm in the summer as well. Um, just home games, so it's not like an overwhelming amount. And then I also um started doing some Mariners stuff, and then people really liked me on the Mariners, so then they had me doing more and more, which is great, but also hockey is like my focus and it you know, everyone else kind of gets an off season. So, but it, it was fun and it was good, like experience and just like to get around, get to be around like a very different fan base and um, a very obviously long time fan base as well. So um, yeah, it was good. And yeah. I won two Emmys. We won for best pregame show and best um, game broadcast, which is not surprising because, you know, a little biased, but I think we have the best broadcast in the NHL as many people do. Um, but what was funny is that we, we beat several other, you know, live game broadcasts, but we were mostly thinking we wouldn't win any of them on the Kraken side because we were up against other root sports broadcasts of the Mariners and specifically their playoff <laughs> clinching game. And oh. we just had like a regular game against the Capitals on a Tuesday night in October and like one. So, <laughs> hey, well, they, hey, you know, that says something about the quality yeah. of product you're putting out on a nightly basis, right? I mean, must be yeah <laughs> yeah no, but it's a team effort it's really it's really actually more of a in my opinion and testament to our producers and our directors but obviously great talent makes a huge difference but most of the elements you see is not just us it's it's oh. a huge cast and crew of people who make it happen so yeah anyway it's it's amazing <laughs> when you really yes and congratulations i mean when you really look at the the roster of you know, root sports and really what the Kraken have done in general. If you look at like a website that lists all the media people, it's like the accolades, the awards, the the huge names. I mean, you've established yourself as a force. It's just, you guys do a great job. It's fun. It makes it fun to watch. I mean, you know, it, it's things have come such a long way growing up playing, watching hockey. Uh, you know, there, there's, there wasn't a lot of this and it's nice to have, this multimedia experience. So you guys definitely do it. Uh, d- definitely have earned that. Do you do hockey people celebrate with Emmys like the Stanley cup or is no. it just straight on a shelf? No, it's, <laughs> they're, they're behind me on my shelf over there. I don't know if you can see them. Oh yeah. The lighting, I kinda, but, okay. Yeah. 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 I don't really have a good spot for them. Um, no, I, 
I uh, I don't think people super celebrate that much. Also, like somebody like John Forsland, who's won like so many freaking Emmys, like <laughs> he probably just has them in a in a closet somewhere. So anyway, it's cool for me because they're my first two real Emmys. I won a bunch of like the real Emmys for college students, and I was um, like an Emmy scholar and stuff. So this is cool for me to get to but anyway uh to your point though that we have a fun broadcast i agree and that's what i keep trying to tell all the mariners fans who've never watched a kraken game i'm like even if you don't know hockey one you will because we have some of literally the best minds in the game on our broadcast and such a diverse um cast of knowledge and experience which i think is really cool but also it's so freaking entertaining like just listening to john and eddie and jt is a hoot so even if you don't think you like hockey or you don't know i was like mariners fans Come on, come join. Oh us. yeah, no, it's it's w- so. When are you and Allison going to get your own network? Are they just going to give you your own network? Like, yeah, what's going on there? I don't know. I should. I gotta write a letter to someone and get get we'll, the Piper and Allison experience our whole own franchise. I feel. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, it was funny the other night. Like we didn't know we were. It's preseason, right? So we're all kind of just riffing a little bit here and there. But we didn't know we were going to come back on camera at the end of a segment and i was like had my arm like around her and we came back and i was like thank you allison and i like rubbed her back because i was gonna give her a hug because we thought we were done i was like we might be too close for comfort it's fa- it's family it's family atmosphere yeah. family vibes it's it's a warming it's a up thing. Yeah. yeah well so there's so much to ask about with with the kraken i mean it, it, okay so kind of ties back to the maddie veneers thing is this team was awesome last year because of uh, uh, scoring by committee, right? A, a team's team, the best team's team in the NHL. You can look at all the stats. It's a fact. So, you know, I'm thinking, okay, Matty Beniers, 80 points. But, like, is that something that's even possible on a team like the Kraken where they're so uh, balanced and it's 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 a, a four-line attack and you never know what's going to happen. You never who's going to score and that's what makes them so great. Is that the same attitude going into it? Not saying that, you know, somebody can't break out and have an 80 or 90 point or more season, but still is the approach to, it, it, it ain't broke. No, yeah, 100%. Um, kind of multiple parts here. I don't think it's impossible for Maddie to have that kind of season by any means. Like I mm-hmm. said, the team definitely anticipates it to be, be more challenging perhaps to get those points just from their own thinking that people might take them more seriously, more of a threat. So they're probably going to be getting people's best games, which is great. And obviously they were in the playoffs and we still saw that they could hold their own even at the end of the season against great teams in the playoffs. So I don't think that they should be too worried about that. Um, And I do think that that even attack is very much still their system, very much still their plan. Um, I know there were some questions kind of in the off season about, how they would replace the productivity of that fourth line with Morgan Geeky and Ryan Donato and Daniel Sprong and kind of where they were able to play like around and across the roster and in different situations and how they were used. But um, obviously right now at this very moment in time, we don't know what the opening night roster will look like yet. They still have some cuts um, to make. But I think the options that they have for that forward group, I mean, I don't really think you can go wrong. So I'm not worried about it. I mean, you look at Kyler Yamamoto, Ty Cartier, Pierre-Edouard Belmar, Shane Wright. Like, I really don't think they can go wrong no matter where they kind of go with that fourth line, especially in terms of productivity. We already know Kyler Yamamoto can play in the the NHL and Mm -hmm. be effective. 
and he are three preseason goals for him already as we speak in this exact moment. Um, <laughs> and uh, Shane Wright, you know, like I think there's so much upside no matter which way they go. Ty Cartier, we know he can play a big boys game, right? We already know. We saw him in the playoffs and he scored goals and he looked like he belonged there. Pierre Edouard Belmar, like a vet's vet, right? And phenomenal in the face-off circle. Like I just, all the kind of options that they have, I think are great options. So, and obviously there's questions about like Brandon Tanev, how he fits in there and maybe being on that fourth line, you know? So again, I don't think there's anything to be worried about. <laughs> no, no. And that's, that was the, you know, it's like um, for the, the, the people who were, new to hockey uh that are Kraken fans and it was tough for and it was tough for me to see guys go right but at the same time you know that hopefully they're going on to a better situation for them personally but you know to see why they went right and who was coming in to possibly replace them the young guys uh bringing some new guys in um you know Ronnie Francis has got such a just good I mean he's just he's just good I'll just leave it at that so like filling in the gaps, filling in all those holes and making things really better. What seems like on paper, I'm, I'm going to ask you, this is who, who's going to be the surprise that is there going to be a surprise that makes the team? Is there going to be a surprise that mm-hmm. makes the team? Is there going to be anything like that, that anything that stands out that makes you go like, Oh, well look who's stick, sticking around. Do, do you, do you get a vibe for that? No, because I don't, I don't think anyone is a surprise because I just feel like they have so many good options, both for their defense. I mean, I could see them maybe, you know, keeping Riker around or there's just, they have options that all seem like good options to me. They, there are certain options that seem like, oh, that's an investment in your future and you want to get them playing. Um, I could see perhaps Devin Shore making the team. Um, and maybe being an extra skater. I don't think people are talking about him much, but that could mm-hmm. certainly be um, a piece. Because the other thing, when we're talking about young players like Shane Wright and Ty Cartier and yeah, um, Riker Evans, the other thing is like they want them to play. Whether that is in Coachella or in the NHL, you need these guys to be getting games. So I don't foresee a situation where they want to bring any of them up or keep them on the team where they are going to scratch them a bunch. You know what I mean? So, I can I can see Shane Wright, especially with that AHL clearance, not maybe making the team at first because they want him to get some games in in the AHL and have him ready to go. But that could be really any of them, like I said. So I could see maybe like Devin Shore if they kind of need someone that they want to like rotate in in the name of getting young guys games, but have somebody with experience to kind of step in. That would I guess would be my surprise. But do do you do you think that move to get him cleared to be in the AHL, Shane Wright, um, takes some of the pressure off of management to say, well, you know what, we can we can we can wait a little bit and give some other guys a chance. You think that's going to happen? I do think it creates that option for sure, which is great for the organization. It's also great for Shane, though, for the same reason right. that I said, like you want you don't you want him to play. You want him to play. And of course you want him to be ready for the NHL. And of course he wants to be ready for the NHL and he doesn't look out of place out there. But ultimately if your option is somebody that is more of a veteran season player who is going to be more effective night in night out, especially at the beginning of the season where the schedule is tough. The beginning of the Kraken schedule is really tough. Um, I don't know. So I, I think though it's great. It gives, it definitely gives them an option. And ultimately, I believe they want him to play. So if he makes the Kraken team, hopefully he'll play. I think that's the intention. And 
if he doesn't, it's because they want him to play, get some games. And he had kind of a spotty year last year with injuries and playing in all these different teams and organizations. Like they threw him all over the place, mostly because of circumstance, you know, not on purpose. But I'm sure that there's some appeal for everyone of some consistency for him. Of course there is, you know? Right, right. He, he, he's, this is so much promise. It's just, I, I love seeing that kid because I'm just ready to see him do what he did great, right? So like, it's just, it's awesome to have that 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 talent pool ready to rock at any time. So at some point we'll see him. Uh, and after watching camp and what's been going on in the preseason, so you know there, there's some fan favorites that that left the crack and right. Who who is going to be just in, in pure personality wise from some of the new guys and the young guys? Who from talking to them? do you think has the the biggest potential to be like a new fan favorite? Hmm. I might be a tough so one. Many, I, honestly, so Yamamoto. many. Honestly, that's a good, I would say, he's a Washington. Yeah. yeah. I was going to yeah. say he, and he actually has a very like good personality. Not actually yes. like it's surprising, but he definitely, he is freaking happy to be here. He <laughs> yes. is happy to be here. Right. He's very um, comfortable with himself too, which I think is good, especially, I think he's like 24. So, and granted he has played quite a bit for being 24, um, it's kind of weird to think he's only like two years older than Cartier, but that has played that much more, that many more games in the NHL. Um, I think he, he definitely has the potential and who doesn't love the hometown kid story. I also think Pierre Edouard Belmar, he is a character with a phenomenal story. He made his NHL debut when he was 29 years old. That wow. is like, that's like unheard of like 29 years old. And he, when he first started playing, minor league hockey it was in sweden and he couldn't speak any english or or swedish he couldn't speak anything other than french and he told me that he almost quit when he was a teenager because he went to sweden and he couldn't communicate with his teammates or his coaches he didn't know like when they would call out a drill he didn't know what they were saying so he would have just have to watch and see what they were doing that's what he told me and he said he almost wanted to quit back when he was a teenager and he called his mom and she told him you're going to show up early every day and you're going to leave late every day, and you are going to smile all the time. You're going to smile at your teammates so that they know that how bad you want to be here. You show them if you can't tell them. So, and he that he said that's the best piece of advice that he's ever gotten. And then at the same time, he started like grinding to learn Swedish and just to be able to play. He never even thought he'd be in the NHL. And now, and then the teams that he then he cracks an NHL roster at 29, and now he's played for the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche, and he was an expansion <laughs> member of the Vegas Golden Knights. And now he's here, like it's kind of sick, like it's a cool story. Plus, he was with Hack and Philly, and he's he's got a great personality. He's a cool story and a great personality. So he's all uh, he's a two. no he's a no bucket warming guy too, which I always and, gravitate towards. So no bucket warmings. There's a video of him doing like some random spin moves up against the glass pregame, and I'm like, I don't know what he's doing, but I like this guy's energy. Yeah, he's cool. He's cool. Okay. Also, he speaks Swedish. He's French, and now he's in Seattle. So, like, <laughs> yeah, he speaks three languages completely fluently. He's also funny. Like on media day, one of the questions we had was like, um, on the road, do you have a favorite restaurant or like market or city that like you love to eat in? And he was like, I just love the really big cities because I like to find really tiny weird hole in the wall spots he goes but my teammates never want to go with me <laughs> like that's just funny I need to hang out with this guy yeah this he's like he's like restaurants and i'll just go by myself and go get random takeout from somewhere cool I'm like oh go off king like <laughs> he's from just outside of paris so like he you know that's where you do it's like it's like a ratatouille you go to those little those spots right it's yeah. not like you know going to burger king or whatever so but also 
also, to be fair, a lot of professional athletes in general only like to eat the same kind of things because they know how it impacts their body, especially when they're on the road and have to play. So That's... I will say I don't fault anyone who doesn't want to go try the new whatever it is when you're traveling because their bodies are their jobs. So that, that's what I was think, talking about earlier was like, you know, I'm 44 and I'm still figuring out, man, I shouldn't have had that third beer. Uh, cause I don't, I'm a little tired today, but like, uh, I, you know, as a professional athlete, that's why so many athletes have, you know, they got the trainers, they got the, the, the team physicians, they got the diet at the arena, like all that. And they're probably at home too. Um, you know, you, you, you've got a hardcore schedule too. Like, or do you go into like any, and I'm being serious. Like, do you go into like sort of season? Um, okay. Look, I'm going to, this is my, my Tuesdays are always this, my Wednesdays are always this. I got to make sure I go to bed at the right time. Like, do you, do you have a, a, a sort of like a, a training camp for broadcast? And how many times do you have to say no to JT Brown trying to hand you candy? <laughs> oh, um, I don't often say no to JT when he tries to hand me candy, because one thing about JT is he, knows what he likes and he lets you know what he likes in fact i mean i got in a little spat with him on the road and morning skate one time because some hotel we were staying at had a mac and cheese on room service that he's like it's the best thing and i was like oh i'm, I'm not sure what i'm gonna get for lunch and he's like you have to get the room service mac and cheese and i was like uh i don't really like mac and cheese on a game day it's just kind of like it's like a little heavy but not enough at the same time it's just not the kind of thing i like on a game day to answer your question jeff right and he was like no it's the best thing ever you have to get it and he's texting me pictures of it later and <laughs> i get to the rank he's like did you get it i'm like no also sorry i'm not trying to spend 65 dollars on four seasons <laughs> mac and cheese respectfully <laughs> anyway oh, anyway sports per so yeah, JT, jt is hard to say no to though he lets you know if he wants something for you anyways to get to your question jeff about like routine on the road no i don't and that's actually a goal of mine because it's <laughs> you're honest i like it it's, it's a grind it's awesome. yeah <laughs> it's a grind. Like, we're checking into hotels at three in the morning time oh. changes constantly also it's winter you know the whole time yeah. of hockey season yeah. so it's freezing cold and the hours are obviously like i'm on almost the same schedule as the players like when we're on the road obviously um so it's definitely a grind. I'm not quite built for that. And I don't have trainers and nutritionists. Right. So I, I just started doing athletic greens under Allison's recommendation because cool. I I had kind of like a health scare at the end of the year last year from not taking care of myself. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because um, So anyways, that's a priority for me. I'm like, I at least need to be walking and like moving beyond work movement every day on the road um, and making yeah. sure I really am drinking water and taking care of myself so that's a goal jeff thank you that's what well, so you're in a good spot now health wise like you i mean like you, you, this is whatever oh, happened oh well yeah i had like uh like a neurological thing okay yeah this this is not private i don't care it's just probably more than people care to know but yeah i was like it was working an oilers game kraken versus oilers it was towards the end of the season and i like couldn't see anything i was getting like quadruple vision and my arms wow. were going numb and my feet were going numb I was losing consciousness in the middle of the game. Oh my! And God. I'd been feeling not well for a while. Like I wasn't losing consciousness. I was losing like I couldn't see anything, and it was very odd. And then I was like, "Oh, I haven't eaten anything except for one bagel a day for four days, and way too oh. much coffee and no water." But it was—it's a grind. It is a grind. And also, yeah. one more thing, not to just 
rattle for forever, but no, my, my role in hockey is very different than most reporters roles for other sports because we don't have like in baseball, they have like bullpen and media availability right before the game. Ours is in the morning. So like a hockey game day is literally 7 a.m. till 11 every night. And like that's the like your whole day. It's I have maybe two hours of free time basically to eat, to shower, to do anything, to work out, to prep. That's the other thing. I have to prep. Like I have to like yeah. do my work. Right. So it's not just the game. So it gets very hard when you feel like you're like on the hamster wheel of like, what's the easiest thing to sacrifice right now? Uh, probably spending an hour to go get a really well-balanced meal instead of what I can do and eat while I work. Right. So right, right. I just need to be more proactive. I think if I'm more proactive about it, hopefully it'll be good. Well, anyway, thanks for sharing that. I mean, I know well, it's not, it's not easy, uh, but I can tell you this work adrenaline is a hell of a drug, you know, and, and it's, it's something like, you know, I was in media for a long time, not, not to that, you know, um, extent, but you know, you do, you, you, you get fired up. You love what you do. You're passionate. It's hard to go to bed. Like Allison and I talk about it all the oh, time. Yeah. Like you get done at work at 11 and if you won, it's like, woo, and it's crazy. And also I'm drinking caffeine at five o'clock at night because I yeah. have to be my most on at 10 PM, but also at 10 AM. Right. So it's like this, and it's like impossible to sleep because you had too much caffeine and you're on and out of adrenaline rush. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Anyway. Three- do, hey, have you, uh, caffeine wise? So, you know, I'm, I'm much older than, than you are. Uh, and I've, you know, experienced all that sort of stuff in the past. And yeah, you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. Like the, the, the mental, the mental health of getting a little bit of exercise in. And, and one thing that I've learned is like the consistency. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but I'm not ripped or anything. Um, but like the consistency of just like doing something for 10 or 15 minutes a day mentally, makes you feel good. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, but then maybe y- you might be like, well, I can't work out for my hour workout. So I'm not going to do anything. So at least, you well, know, and the other hard part is I have to be like all makeup and hair all the time. So I can't <laughs> right, be sweaty. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, what yeah, am yeah, I like, normal. okay, right. I need another hour oh, and a half to yeah. recurl my hair. Yeah. It's so lame. Yeah, <laughs> anyway. No, but it's, it's true. It is true. So, okay. So that means Joey and I, and the rest of the Kraken Pod fam and the Kraken, you know, fandom, we need to make sure to check on you to say, hey, yes. look, did you eat something good today? Are you ready to rock? Do you need to have some of Maddie Benier's pasta? Like, what do you like? So we're going to make sure to keep on you about that. So that's good yeah. to hear that you're taking care of yourself. We're going to be like yeah. trending on Twitter. It was like, is Piper Saw okay? We're like, we're just yeah. making sure she's okay. I don't, yeah. Need, to, okay. Yeah, I yeah. don't <laughs> need people to like worry about me too much. Like, I'm okay. Me and Allison also said like, we're going to try to do some yoga on the road because she's a certified yoga instructor oh, and oh certified my personal trainer. Take but she's busy too. Anything she has the she same thing you. as me. Yes. So so we're going to try to like even find some yoga gyms or just like be more intentional about stuff. So it'll be good. good. We need That's like good. analytics with Allison, but just like on the healthy side of things. That makes a lot of sense. If it makes you feel any better, I don't think like Jeff, you're mentioning your age really quick. I'll tell a really quick story. Um, I, this thing, the same thing, Piper, uh, happened to me, but I was 21, 22 years old. I was in the Navy and long story short, like crazy hours was not eating the best caffeine 24 seven. And one day I'm at a mall with my friends and everything around me is like tunnel vision, just kind of closed in. I had no idea where I was like completely blacked out. I woke up in the back, in the back of an ambulance and I had pissed myself. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, yeah. So yeah, I was like walking around. I was was 21 years old. 
Yeah, I was like, yeah. I cannot feel my hands right now. No, I yeah, everything. I, ooh, now I can't feel my knees. I was like, this mm -hmm. is not good. <laughs> yeah, you got to carry, uh, carrying like healthy snacks on you too is huge. Because ever since then, it's like if I even start to feel any kind of whatever, like stressed out from work, working all the time, quick snack, good to go. Yeah, and I'm so bad about water. That's like my biggest thing. Like I need oh, like water. Is, yeah. Anyway, yeah. IV has enough about me. Enough about me. <laughs> yeah, liquid IV has saved my life. This is you know no free ads, but liquid IV is delicious. I literally won't drink water without. It. I'm trying to right now. It's disgusting. It tastes awful. <laughs> See, I, for me, it's not even that. It's like I just my body doesn't like crave water. I think no, it's because I've been so chronically dehydrated my whole life that yeah. it doesn't tell me to drink it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yeah. yep. no. You see, the thing is, is I kind of grew up the same way with the water thing, but since moving to Louisiana and living in like the deep, like, like the swamp, right? Like you just have to drink tons of water. But if I still lived in Michigan, I wouldn't drink a lot of water. I, I just know what the, that's like living in like that sort of, you know, winter dryish climate. It's, it's like, you, that's the last thing you want to do, uh, especially at an ice rink when you're not playing hockey uh, drink water. It's just, it's just something about that. So I get it. So I agree. I agree. All right. So healthy Piper this season. <laughs> um, all right. So we talked about with the Kraken, uh, biggest, you know, who's going to be the, you know, like the new fan favorite, but let's talk just in general. You've seen the guys you've, you've, you've seen them, uh, come back from, you know, a little bit of a summer vacation who is going to be a young guy or a vet or somebody that we really know? Who's going to have the biggest jump? Who's got the biggest potential for a jump uh, in, in their game this season? Andre Burakovsky. Let's go. Yes. Yes. I got to be yes. Andre. I mean, you know, it's also when you really think about even more impressive about what the Kraken were able to do without him. Like they were able to get to game seven, almost, almost to, you know, the conference championship without him and without Jared for stretches as well. Yep. Um, which is, that's such a testament. Again, obviously the depth is the strength. That's the story, but I think just getting Berkey back is huge. And um, something that coach Axel has always talked about even early last year. And I asked him about it the, again the other day is how critical he is to the power play because he's so versatile. Like he, he's so good at getting clean zone entries, especially on the power play, which I'm sure many will recall what's more frustrating than watching the Kraken's power play when they can't even get set up, right? You're like, oh, right. come on. They can't even get, they can't even yeah. get in the zone to get set up. So I think that is a skill that is so cool to get back to the team, especially the special teams, but he can do it on five on five too, right? Like he's also, he can shoot also, he can pass like, so I just think having him back is huge. And I also would say he, he's, he's ready to go. He's so freaking happy to be back. And it's hard to say, cause he's obviously, kind of a star for the Kraken in terms of what a star player means. Yeah. They, they missed yes. him. And I think he's happy to be back and he's going to light it up. That's my prediction. Uh, I'm so that was, that was the biggest, I think it wasn't really losing. It was the fact that we lost without Berkey. You know what I'm saying? Um, so happy that we went so far in the playoffs last year, but like just watching him um, become one of my most favorite Kraken players and just players in general, like, yeah. you know, he's goofy too. He's, he's pretty cool. He's, yeah, I, he's this, odd, like, but, but good. And, yeah. Yes. When they were like, hey, what'd you do? And he wrote uh, rehabbed, but he used one B. So it was rehabbed. Yeah. And I was like, I fucking love this guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's silly. Like even last night at the at the game, he's like warming up. They're always like, if you ever watch the broadcast, and you see me kind of doing like a hit outside the locker room at the beginning. Sometimes you'll see the players like lined up behind me. 
Last night, he's walking around giving everybody fist bumps. I've got my mic in my hand, and he fist bumps my mic in my hand. Like, he's just fist bumping <laughs> everyone, which is not normal. Usually, they just kind of leave me be because they don't yes. know if I'm live or if I'm going to be live. He yeah. doesn't care. He's just doesn't fist care. bump, fist yeah. bump the mic. I'm right like, to the right. mic. Just I'm like, Berkey's back. <laughs> it's his world. We're just living yeah. in it. Um, <laughs> gen- general, general team stuff. Okay. And this is just from your point of view. Okay. Where do you feel the team has most improved since last season? You mentioned the power play. Um, we saw some shootout shootout action, which was so-so. Um, what do you think the team has improved on the most in the offseason? It's hard to say based on preseason because <laughs> the combinations are True. what they are. Um, but I will say kind of going back to what I said earlier, but I think two lines in particular literally came back. Like they never left the Gord line. We know how critical they were. Ellie Tolvin and Oliver Bjorkstrand, Yanni Gord last year. I think that they honestly have another level, especially we saw Oliver's numbers go up as the season went on, but he's another player that really could have a breakout season. I mean, he, he, and I wouldn't say breakout for his career, but for the Kraken potentially, and those three, when they were playing in the preseason, like they looked literally like they never left. Ellie Tolvin and had two goals in one of the preseason games. Um, so I think that line, I wouldn't say it's not like an improvement that like Hack or Ron or someone made. Um, I just think that they absolutely can light it up. I also would say going back to that's second in quotation marks line of Alex Wenberg, Jaden Schwartz and Andre Burakovsky. We didn't even really get to see that line very much at all last year because Schwartz and Burakovsky were both battling injuries at various times. So they kind of toyed with that line throughout the season and um, found different combinations. And I think Wenberg is such a versatile player that it's nice that that can give them some options with that line when needed. Um, So is Schwartz obviously as well. Burakovsky, I don't know if I'd say if he's as versatile, he's highly skilled in like what he does, which is several good things. So I would say that line probably is a huge upside and an improvement. Um, just having all of them healthy and being in viable combination. That's an upgrade. That's absolutely an upgrade. Also, we talked about the fourth line before. When you're talking about those options that you could potentially have on the fourth line, none of them sound bad, right? That, that all is an improvement. I mean, not, maybe not an improvement when you think about Daniel Sprong and the season that he was able to have. But in terms of like a consistency and um, certainly talent, I don't think, I think that fourth line could be an improvement as well. That's ridiculous. I, I, so, yeah. I think, you know, you, I'm glad you brought up Bjorki. And I think that he needed a season to shake the Columbus funk off. <laughs> and, and I think that, that, I think it's a thing. And I, you know, I could say that because I'm basically almost from Columbus, right? So I'm being from Detroit. So like I can make fun of Ohio. Um, and I lived in Cincinnati for a long time. Um, but for real though, I think that he, he kind of just scratched the surface of what he can be. So I, I, I like what you said there and I'm officially jumping on this bandwagon of he's having his best year in the NHL mm-hmm. with the Kraken this year, which would be awesome. Which so, is saying a lot. Cause he's had some great had years some in the NHL. Years. It's yeah. crazy thinking last year was like, Oh, not that great for him. Cause it was still really freaking good. <laughs> yeah. He bought into the team. He bought in and he didn't have to like be the lead horse, you know? So, you know, this year, maybe he's 
got a little more comfortable of a role and he feels, I don't know. We'll see what happens either way. I mean, he, the guy's a stud. So happy. No, but the that. point about Burakovsky uh, is great too, because especially like in the playoffs with Oliver Bjorkstrand, like look what he did against Colorado. I was actually laying in bed the other night doing like the uh, Wolverine meme where I was like, just looking at my phone, just watching old cracking games. <laughs> and uh, I was rewatching one of the abs games and I'm watching Bjorkstrand just completely go off. I mean, he could have had like five goals in that game alone. And I think we talked to you about this um, in a previous episode about how he was disappointed by the way he performed and not up to his expectations. So I think he if still he still is, he still yeah. talks about last it's, season like no, it was a personal hip failure. on the shoulder, like, baby. What? I love yeah. it. Yes, love it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, all right, we, you know, we I think of you know, okay, the power play and the shootout. Right? Is there what do you think needs improvement? What are you looking for? You know, we talked about what has been improved, but like what still needs work? What do you see? What are they working on a ton in camp? We saw the shootout the other night and it was still, eh, you know, Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think so on the power play. Let's start with that. Um, A couple nights ago, Hack kind of made a comment that he felt like people had been a little bit unfair about how they discussed their power play last year because he felt like their power play always was really doing or more more often than not doing the right thing and just not quite getting it to go and I and I hear that and I totally understand that but ultimately just like he would tell you what matters is converting what matters is the two points what matters is you know it's not necessarily about the statistic it's about converting in the moments that you need to that can get you those two points you know it's not like you need every single power play for forever but had they been able to convert more effectively multiple times throughout the season but obviously in the playoffs as well it could have um it could it could have been a difference maker but should have would have could have whatever I think like I said getting Burakovsky back is huge I also think they've been they've been trying out some of the young talent on special teams in camp and in some of these preseason games which is normal I don't know that I would expect Riker Evans to be quarterbacking the power play in the regular (laughs) season but they looked very good I don't know um how much people have been tuning into these preseason games but like the last game as when we're talking right now (laughs) they were playing the Oilers and they they looked good like Cartier and Kyler Yamamoto even though Kyler's new but he's not that young it's not like he's a baby right but right um and Riker Evans like they looked good they also looked good on the PK so I'm optimistic in the addition of getting Berkey back. He always was a key for them there. Also, Vince Dunn, I think that is – we're very happy that he has you know signed his extension, of course, but that was an area that he wasn't killing it exactly in the playoffs, right? Like, And, and being the quarterback on the power play is huge. It's very important. It's You don't necessarily dictate everything. It's not your fault if you're not converting. That's not the case. But I think – if he can find a little bit of a new level to his game there, that could make a difference for that unit potentially. Um, and that's something that he says is a goal of his and something that he um, likes to focus on and grow his game shootout. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. How we do have you, so, how we do, have you so, do that? What? How do you fix it? Like, how do you fi- shoot so like out? Big cat out there. I mean, that's a fan favorite. Yeah, like, that's a Adam great Larson. idea. Yeah, put, yes. put the big cat out there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's very odd because you can see like we got snipers on this team. We have like yes. the silky silky mitts of Jordan Eberle have struck many a time, right? Like, so it's kind of yeah. it is odd. I almost I don't know. I haven't talked to the guys like about it, but I almost wonder like if now there's like an in your head thing about it after 
You haven't really got it to go, right? We need like a sports psychologist to come in. We need like some, we need some like new era kind of way to come in there and talk to these guys. Like, all right, we got to get out of your head. It's shootout time. You have the skill for it. Yeah. And that happens to every professional athlete at different times, no matter. I mean, that's how Oliver kind of generally feels about last season. You know, he's like, oh, that's weird. I don't know what. And then you kind of get an icky feeling about it. So I kind of wonder if maybe there's some of that around the shootout because it's not like we don't have skilled shooters. I don't know. Maybe a different lineup could help. I don't think that Adam Larson is ever going to be the person that they're going <laughs> to line up and send out there. But um, yeah, I don't know. They always kind of go with the with the Eberly line, the Beneers line, right first. And I see why it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I also will say though, in that preseason game, Campbell was playing out of his mind for the Oilers. He played a phenomenal game. Oh yeah, in net for the Oilers. So. I don't know. <laughs> it's also one of those things where it's like, at the end of the day, it's also a preseason game. The game right. is already over four to one. Both teams agreed to go to a shootout. It's like nothing is, I mean, let's be honest, nothing's really on the line here, right? I mean, like you're getting some practice in. You're not going to go out there with Which the is why they're sucking, doing it, yeah. But you are going out there. I mean, it's really just extra practice. Now you're just doing it against another team. So at the end of the day, I'm not taking it, you know, for like, oh, this is what it's going to look like for the rest of the season. Like you mentioned, the skill is there. I mean, like Father Cannon, that guy can light the lamp all day, Eberly veneers all that stuff i'm not worried about it yeah until until a game you're like oh now i'm a little worried about it hit you up piper i'm worried yeah (laughs) (laughs) i just look up the stats from last year and for some reason whenever and this please don't tell jordan this because i know he would take if jeff from the kraken pod said this about him he would take he knows about this yeah yeah Yeah, but every time he he he's gearing up to take that puck from center ice for the shootout. I'm like, Oh man, I just, he's going to, he's just going to miss again. But he, I look at the stat. He, but look at the stats. He's, he's the, he's, is he the all-time leader now? I don't know. He's like his, he's 25% is what I'm seeing. He's a 25% shootout. You know, he always uh, goes, he's always, he's always right there. So I believe I could be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure this, this is the accurate truth. Someone is allowed to fact check me, but I believe, the two of the shooters that have won us shootouts were Jonas Donskoy and Ryan Donato. Which, oh, don't isn't do that. that? Yeah. And I remember Eish. the Donskoy one specifically because shootout goals don't count as goals statistically. Yes. Mm-hmm, they don't, mm-hmm. you know, so it was when Donskoy in year one, when he was so snake bitten and it was just like, nothing would go. And then he finally gets a game winning goal in the shootout, but it doesn't count as a goal, but it, it won the, it got the extra point, you know, hey, it but, wins the game, right? Team. Yeah. He got down scored. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. it happens. Um, so there's, there's, there's so many other questions to ask here. Um, I, I think I'm going to kind of go for just one of the big ones, which is what are the team's expectations? And that could be Haxtell. That could be the players that could be Ron Francis. Um, you know, what are the team's expectations internally for the 2023, 24 season? Is it Stanley cup or bust um, yes, I think, but I also think more when I've asked them, they just say they want to go further. That's the goal. They also, I think they feel like they could have been even better in the regular season than mm-hmm. they were, um, which ultimately what matters is getting to the playoffs. But I think that they feel rightfully so that they should be a top team in the Pacific division. They should be a team to beat across the whole league. They should be sitting in the one, two, three spot in their division. It shouldn't be, oh, we squeaked in. They don't want, you know, they want, they want seating. Like they're, they're fighting for that now. And they feel like they are good enough to do that. And I think we all 
Agree. That is true. They do say, like I mentioned earlier, like they definitely anticipate the teams are going to be um, harder on them. They're going to take them more seriously. They're not going to play their backup goaltenders every night, you know, against this team anymore. They're going to, they're going to be, they're going to have to fight, fight. And they did, and they did last year. It's not that they're not capable of that, but I think that um, teams now they know they're like, Oh, and, and also the Kraken are so hard to beat. Like we know because of that depth and just that, that wear you down mentality. They work so hard. And so teams have to know to beat them. You have to work literally harder, which is, it's a grind of a season like we talked about. So I think that's that stamina in games, but throughout this season becomes more important for the Kraken. That's what they say. They know that because of how they play. Um, But I think the expectation is they will go to the play. That's what they want. They will go to the playoffs. They will be at the top of the division near the top of the division. That's that is a goal for them that they believe is not, not unattainable. They think Absolutely. that is, and I agree. I totally agree. Oh, Especially the- if you can get a goaltender like Philip Grubauer to work like that, like he did at the end of the season. Yes. It's great. Perfect transition. I was going to ask about that next, but also to uh, the journey to dominate the Pacific division starts night one, when we spoil the banner raising, in Las Vegas. That is going to, I'm going to, I'm betting on that. I'm literally going to bet on that to happen. And that is a lock that is happening. The Kraken are going to exert their, <laughs> we own this conference and they're going to spoil that golden Knights opener. All right. So, but I'm glad you said Philip Grubauer, cause we haven't talked goaltending at all. You know, he, he ended the season on such a high note. Like he, it, it's been a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster for him up until the last few months of the season where he just like, that's our guy. Where is he mentally going into this season? I believe he is mentally very well, very comfortable. He had a pretty chill summer. He spent most of it in Seattle, really getting to know the area, a lot of hiking, a lot of time in nature and stuff. I think he mentally is is ready to go. Um, That's what he'll tell you. But also, of course, that's what he will tell me. And that's, of course, that's what he will tell the media. He's going to be like, oh, I'm not sure. Not feeling my best, you know. Feeling they don't really, the guys they don't really say me. that. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. You know yeah. what? So don't take mine or his word for it. I guess I don't know. <laughs> How's he looking? I mean, he looks. Does he look good to you? I, you know, I would say he's looked better in camp than in the actual preseason games, in my sure opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, it's just preseason two, you know, yeah. and he's playing. They're not even really playing their normal system in preseason. They're not playing the special teams that you will see when they actually take the ice. So and other teams aren't either. It's not just that, you know, that's they're not facing the lethal Oilers power play unit in preseason. Right. So, But I think it seems like his like puck control has been very good and his puck play has been very good. But some of some of, in my opinion, what he what he's been letting in in preseason is like, hmm. Maybe not what you love to see, but in camp, he's looked great. And uh, I'm not worried about it. I don't think anybody is. I don't think anybody is worried about it. I don't think there's, there's not a question mark about his spot on this, on this team. So, and he, and he's earned that, frankly, the, like Jeff, like you mentioned, like the work that he put in at the end of the season and the way he was, you know, he can do it. So um, I think it's very, it's only wise to have the utmost faith in Philip Grubauer. Yeah, we, you know, you just like you see it, you, you, you can't react like we can react. But um, on social media, I mean, Gru is the was the most polarizing player um, on the Seattle Kraken, as you know, 
for the most part, goaltending across the league in, in every level of hockey is. Um, but it, it, it went very quiet mm-hmm. towards the end of the regular season. It went very quiet into the playoffs, obviously. And that was nice to just have. And I also, too, <laughs> he, he, I also saw that he just like last week, he uh, tapped the kegs uh, for Oktoberfest mm-hmm. in Seattle. He's, and yeah, he had, I mean, he probably has a closet full of later hosen that he has not been <laughs> able to wear. That was the perfect occasion. So he cares like, about Seattle as a city and a community a lot. Yeah. And I think he makes that very known. He talks about it. He gets out. Uh, he's always willing to do stuff like that, like at fan events and stuff like that. Um, he's very real. He's very, very real. And um, one more thing I wanted to say, too, that really I started thinking about more as I was covering the Mariners this summer. I think some some folks who aren't super familiar with professional hockey may look at a goaltender and give them more or less credit than maybe they deserve. That's not a new, that's not an original thought from me. However, it's like, think about a a baseball season. If you only played half the games, but you had to put out basically the same pitcher every single night, right? right? Like I'm just, just something to consider. Like there's a reason there's a bullpen, right? And the schedule is different games, very different. But when you think about that level of physically, how you have to execute mentally, how you have to execute, every freaking night like this is their job and they get well compensated for it so it's not a sympathy train but i just think there's a little bit of maybe a perspective to add to people's perception of goaltending at in the national hockey league could not agree more i have to say that's something that jeff and i have been beating the drum on um i mean basically since we started the podcast when the organization started and you know way more about this than we do, but like we also watch every single regular season game. And then last year, also the playoff games as well. And when you watch every single game, you see, I mean, you pay attention to a lot more, right? So like if the crack and lose and they lose, you know, four to one, um, you know, but you're watching the game and you're like, well, the defense was horrible. And they left him out to dry multiple times and they gave away all these breakaways and then you just have people going off like, oh, this group hour, look at his save percentage. It's like, dude, I challenge you to watch as much hockey as I would say we, but like you do. And when you do that, like you said, perspective really is everything. So I would just challenge people out there that get on uh, get on their ass about it. Watch a lot, of, watch more hockey. I promise you it'll change your perception a little bit. Yeah. And, and again, it is goaltenders jobs. Like I'm not yeah. discrediting it. That's agree. what you get paid to do, yes. but it's not solely your responsibility to win and lose games for your team, you know? So both things can be true. Anybody uh, who's not had a puck ever fly at their face. I don't have a ton (laughs) of sympathy for your feelings. Yes. (laughs) I've had that. So I'm out. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But you know, (laughs) I I, I just uh... mean like, it's a hard job. Okay. Yeah. I would not want that job. You're freaking terrifying. You kidding me? Layoff crew. Yeah. No, I've, I've, I've played, uh, I've played goal and wreck a few times and I've got guys shooting pucks at me at 30 miles an hour and I'm going, Oh my God, I'm going to die. And then, (laughs) yeah. Even blocking shots. Like even guys in the NHL, they hate Adam Larson blocks, blocking shots. King, right? Yeah. Still doesn't like to do it. Like it's not fun. No, no, it is not. No, it is not. Anyway. Any anything um, completely random that surprised you when you got back into, you know, climate pledge and got back into like, did somebody show up with green hair? Was there um, somebody <laughs> who was somehow a foot taller? Did uh, you know somebody roll in in a Maybach? Um, anything? No. Did Vince? What? How big was uh, Vince Dunn's 
uh, money truck that backed up. <laughs> I don't know. Vince looks exactly the same and seems like Good. he like I saw him yesterday. I will say um, Shane Wright clearly physically and in terms of his presence looks, sounds, feels different. I think on the ice, but also just like in the locker room in interviews. He always I always thought that he was exceptionally mature and professional, like how he speaks and handles himself. He's clearly actually a smart kid, like genuinely smart um, and very thoughtful. But I saw even another level of that in early interactions. Also just his, he clearly was in the gym. He clearly has been focusing on growing himself, his body, his game this summer. Like he's locked in. He, he's not messing around, which that's great. That's what, then that's exactly what the coaching staff and Ron Francis said that they wanted from him. So I would say that was after not seeing them for a couple months, I was like, Whoa, Shane has clearly put in the work like <laughs> mentally, emotionally, <laughs> and physically. I also, I mean, I hadn't seen Chris Rieger in so long, obviously yes. um, seeing him in person. He clearly has been in the gym and uh, as well. He, he looks, I don't know exactly how, but his build looks different as well so i don't know that's awesome what he's doing but he his build looked different but otherwise nobody dyed their hair that i know of uh jt's got some new hair it looks great it's always got great hair. yeah yeah he's got that blue in his hair yeah jt's the one to do something crazy that's true that's true i I don't think anybody else made any major that's that's turbo's still got you know his vibe going he's still hey look he he can't change it can't change the look he just can't this is he's locked. If anybody's locked into a look, it's turbo. Um, but it's good to hear about Driggs because, um, you know, I like to hear maybe there's some more muscle that uh, can like keep things in place. You know what I mean? So like you're protecting that, that uh, uh, hopefully there's no injury, right. That's in there. Um, and then on Shane, Wright too, is like, yeah, when he, and he, he's so young, you just, you forget like, <laughs> you, um, you know, again, I'm, 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 he's so mature though. Like it's crazy. I talked to, I talked to other players on this team and other teams who are four years older than him and aren't as, aren't as well-spoken as he, as he seems to be, or as he's able to be. I mean, it's, it's noticeable. Even it was before though, as well, even last year it was like, whoa, you don't have to worry about him yeah. doing media or he's, he's smart. And then he was even smarter in like his presence, even just how he sits, how he gestures. It's like, this is, this is a smart man, smart man. He's a kid, yes. but he's a man. And no. it was very clear. So you said, I'm glad you said that because like when he, you know, even last year uh, and then coming into this year, I seen, I did see him. And like, you could tell his, his, his man strength showed up. Like he, yes has matured and in his energy as well, yeah. which I yeah. think is important yeah. on the ice and in the locker room and in the league, you know? So well, he's, he's, he's been, he learned so much, uh, you know, um, playing with the firebirds and stuff. And he just, he just crushed it. Um, I was going to say, you know, we, we haven't talked much about Vince Dunn and I, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but uh, Vince Dunn, so much was talked about how his off season last season was different. And that just led to, his breakout season and led to this awesome contract with the Kraken. He's uh, the, the Dundertaker, which we've got to make our t-shirts for that. I know he's, he's not into that nickname, but we're going to make it happen. Um, <laughs> but like he's, he's easily one of my favorite Kraken players. He's been since day one. I can say that. Um, has he continued, right? Like I'm, there's, there's people probably on other teams that are waiting to say, Oh yeah, well he got paid and then he got lazy. But like, did he keep that same regimen? Did he learn from that off season from, you know, an off season ago 
and how does he look? I know he just hit the ice today. Um, he was skating around. How how does he look? Have you had much time with him? You said you you you'd spoken to him. Like where where is he at? Is he going to come in and and build upon last season? Like what what's he thinking and what's he looking like? I know that he is so thrilled that they were able to get a deal that everyone is happy about. He's very happy to be here. Like even on media day, he was lots of smiles. I, he's he's really happy to be here and to get to be here for that long to make that kind of a commitment and to have the team make that commitment. So I think that's great. Um, to the point of, can you be lazy? I, that could happen. I don't know they haven't played really any real games, but I don't get the vibe that he thinks, Oh, now I got this contract and I'm going to chill. I don't, he's also a highly competitive person and player. Like even with himself, I also think Adam Larson would not let him slack. Yeah. <laughs> Simply, I think that they, I think that they're both very committed to playing for each other, also for the whole team at large. But those two are like the bedrock of the defense, and obviously, really of the team. Frankly, those two are so important to the team's success. I don't, I don't think that Vince tapers off by any means at all. I don't have any reason to think that he would. Um, and I think, I think he looked great from what we saw of him and hopefully he is okay because yeah people may know he wasn't practicing they said it was just kind of a maintenance day but he was on the ice today so hopefully he's okay we didn't see anything and get any updates so as far as i'm aware he's going to be ready to go and i believe that and i'm going to believe that until proven otherwise there's there's so many questions to ask you but we want to get to a couple other things and then um, we'll let you go i wanted to ask you a couple of just general nhl things um, lightning round. If you got an answer, <laughs> great. If you don't, uh, all good. Uh, number one is Connor Bedard a lock for the Calder trophy. You know, it could seem that way. However, I think the competition he's up against is not anything to be taken lightly and no disrespect to Maddie winning that award last year by any means. I would say some of the competition that Maddie had, though, is not quite as intense as the players that are up for it potentially this year, like Adam Fantilli, Logan Cooley. Like Connor Bedard is obviously insane and sickening, but those two are too. And um, so I don't know that I would say he's a lot because I also think he's going to get more attention than some of these other guys. He's going to be judged harder than some of these yes. other guys, which could be unfair. He could get more attention, though, too. He could get it purely just from more eyeballs on him versus others but i i don't know i think like in terms of on ice production i know he's insane but there's a couple other kids who could be really challenging him in terms of points and production which can very much matter you know it does yeah. obviously yeah. it's not just about points but that's that's a big piece of it so I, I don't know if i would say he's a lock i just think he has great competition i think he's obviously freaking insane but these other i mean even brian dumoulin when i was talking to him the other day one of the new defensemen on the crack. And mm -hmm. I asked him if there's anybody in the league that like he really likes to watch and just for fun. And most of them, most of the players were saying things like, Oh, obviously Connor McDavid. I love to watch or I'm um, Nathan McKinnon, whatever. But he goes, Adam Fantilli. And I was like, Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's hear it. He's like, he's like, I just watch these young kids and the way that they can create and how they create so far up the ice, you don't even realize that they're creating yet. And he's like, and for me, as a veteran defenseman, and he joked, he's like, you know, I'm getting old and slowing down. He's like, I have to watch players like that and think about how how do I defend that? That's what he said. He's like, I look at Adam Fantilli and I think, 
how do I have to change my game to defend that? And I think if you got two-time Stanley Cup winning Chris Letang's defense partner for life, Brian Dumlin watching your highlights saying, how am I going to defend that this season? That's a testament. No disrespect <laughs> to Connor Bedard, but I don't know. It should be fun. Good rookie crop. Yeah, good. And I'm going to say this too about Maddie's crop is I think in a couple, in like five years, uh, it's going to be Maddie Beneers and Owen Power. I think Owen Power is, uh, that dude's going to be a force. And uh, he just, he just yeah. wasn't, he just wasn't, you know, he, he was a force last year, but he's going to be big time this year. Okay, so that's good. All right. So who is your, um, which by the way, too, this is something that annoyed me a lot last year is it's like, it's all the media outlets, the big media, because they're so coast biased. Um, it's like, oh, East Coast, East Coast. And we just it, like it was all year, all year long. It was like East Coast. Yeah. Oh, man, this is so good. The Eastern Conference is so good. And then uh, how many uh, NHL, you know, like how many Stanley Cups have they won recently? Not many. Um, so I ask you, this is like, who is your sneaky? Is there a sneaky team in the West that you're looking at that maybe wasn't in the playoffs last year? That could that could be a surprise. Or maybe the flip-flop, somebody who's like, oh, they're going to be just another lock for the playoffs that's going to fall out. Do you have a, a, a sneaky prediction that way? Um, I will say, I don't know if they're going to be a lock, but I think Calgary is going to be a lot better this year uh, than they yeah. were last year. And they had kind of a weird year last year anyway, but I don't I don't think they're to be counted Darryl out. Daryl Sutter. <laughs> yeah, yes. So yeah. I don't think that they're to be counted out. I also would say, like, I don't think they're going to be a threat but the arizona coyotes did upgrade like they they did upgrade and they have some good young talent they're so, frisky yeah and like they got matt dumbo back there like i don't know like i don't know i i love matt dumbo though so maybe i'm just biased thinking wow they're gonna be great now <laughs> but you know you can take the girl out of minnesota but i still am gonna be a little bit familiar you know anyway <laughs> so i think that they could be like sneakily entertaining at least to watch given how the coyotes have been I like for a long that. time I also think, I mean, the Kings are always a threat, so yeah. I would go with that. I'm curious about um, what Boston is going to look like, for sure. Also, the Caps last year missing the playoffs is obviously very odd and kind of an anomaly, and I don't think that Tom Wilson and Alex Ovechkin plan to do that again. No. I, I highly doubt that's uh, in their playbook for the season, so I don't know if that's a surprise, but <laughs> I think they could very well be back. No, I, I I agree with you. I like the Coyotes pick there because they're not going to be the um, you know the the the, the I stomping. I don't think they're going to make it, but I think they should be theoretically. They're a hard better. out. Yeah, they're a team you play on a Wednesday night, and then you're like, next thing you know, you're down two nothing, and it's early in the third. You're like, wait, what the hell's happening right now? Yeah, yeah. I think that like the Ducks and the Sharks maybe have even slipped more than they were, but I think Arizona <laughs> might be on the up a little bit. So. <laughs> Yeah, at know. least we the Coyotes can. I wish can they were easily, in our division, but I know, right? They, the Coyotes can easily say at least they're, they're going to be finishing higher than the uh, well, Sharks and the Ducks. How about Vegas goes to Central? We take Arizona into the Pacific. It's not right. It's Batman, really... Gary. Yeah, you listening. Oh, we know him. We, we'll call him for you. Don't worry. Yeah, totally I'll, I'll send him a text right now. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Uh, but you did. I I think. You said the Detroit Red Wings were going to make the playoffs, right? Is that what I heard you say? I think that was. <laughs> don't, don't let them do this to you, Piper. You can shoot them down. I any don't moment. know. Yeah. They're, they're they're odd. I never really know what to make of them. To be honest, I just the eyes are playing. They're yeah. kind. They're so kind of like the Jets. Like I'm like they could definitely beat us, but they also could be really good and not make the playoffs. 
or they yeah. could be not that good and make the play. Like, you know what I mean? They, they both, both those teams give me that vibe. Like an anomaly just, on skates. Yeah. Just, just the intuition. I don't know. Just have purely the, a vibe check. Look, as a Detroit native who lived through arguably the greatest 26 year run of just, you know, being uh, before the Kraken showed up, that being my team, just remember you're, I think the GM parallels there between Steve Eiserman and Ron Francis, both storied NHL players and so far storied NHL GMs. You know, I think Ron Francis has, has got the lead on Stevie Y right now, but I think Stevie Y, and I don't know why I'm looking at my two hands on the table right now. Yeah, I'm like, what are you doing like, right now? I'm like, Stevie Y, I'm like, Walk but, talking robots? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> uh, I think that the Red Wings are going to sneak on in there. So, okay. um, but the only other prediction I have is that the the Kraken officially will be the Golden Knights on opening night. So that's that's really that's that's my biggest one right there. I predict that the Carolina Hurricanes will be a force to be reckoned with. Oh yeah. I, I but I, I kind of want surprising them, to no one, but <laughs> I kind of want them just to like this because there's they've just been so good for so long, and I really want them just to like jump into that next realm and like get that cup. And I would be really happy for that team. That's a likable team. Hmm. I disagree, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. I that's think fair. that I think rewarding success is good. I like but, that. And I'm also very glad that we got Ron and John Forsland in our organization. I know <laughs> I, that's uh God, John, John, for I cannot wait for hockey to hear Treasures. all y'all doing your thing. Like, I can't wait just to have that, like the Kraken, you know, the root sports broadcast. I'm ready for that. Okay. So I'm going to have to ask you, this is, um, so many interesting things, you know, you, you, you share so much on like, you know, on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it now. Um, and it's always cool to kind of see like what you're doing, um, in your personal life. One thing caught my eye recently was your, I've never seen this movie list. <sighs> You and your husband are on this tear to like, you know, you both, you made it, is that right? You made a list where you, these are like the 10 or 20 movies that you both have never seen before. He has seen, so they're all movies I have not seen. Okay. He has not seen most of them, but he yeah. has seen some of them. Okay. Um, but most of the ones he, like he'd seen like Interstellar. Uh-huh. He's seen, he's seen some of those like 2012 ish realm matt damon kind of movies leo kind of you know what i'm saying like the right. they're not they're not classics yeah if that okay most of them aren't really classics but True. they're not True. they're not modern classics you know what but I'm they're saying? must-sees like Steph mo- and I, listen he, we have yes go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say he hasn't seen any of them that were like released before like 2005 probably okay Je- jeff and i were so excited about you sharing this that we called each other and we're talking <laughs> about movies and I was like, how has she never seen Pulp Fiction? And I was like, are we getting that old? Like, we need to talk about this. And we had a, and they were like, we got to talk to Piper about these movies that she hasn't seen. So where are you in the list? Like how, I mean, I know <laughs> okay. you, you're heading into the season. Yeah, and hard. reactions to Pulp Fiction. Like, let's hear it. Let's okay, go. Okay. Okay. First, I would just like to preface this. If anyone hasn't seen the list, feel free to go to my Twitter, my ex, find the list. I basically have not seen anything by like Scorsese or Quentin Tarantino or all these like really award-winning films i will say though i had a very odd childhood as some are aware and my dad is literally the definition of a contrarian like when i was growing up my dad used to say bruce springsteen is incredibly overrated i would never go see him in concert i'm not kidding this is who i was raised by like he (laughs) he 
he like I told him the other day, I was like, I've been really enjoying Tom Petty because I'm like discovering all these things that were oh like God. super essential to like his generation, which is not old because my dad refused to expose us to them because he just thinks anything popular is bad. That is who my father is. Okay. So and my parents were divorced and I basically didn't have any media at all all 50% of the time. So I only know things that my weirdo contrarian dad showed me, right? Okay, so baseline, that's why I haven't seen any of them because he didn't want to watch them. We just didn't watch them. And also, when I was a teenager, you know, some of these films are like really heavy or really violent or obviously mostly starring men, about men's stories, you know. So when I was a teenage girl, I wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm going to go, I'm really going to go watch whatever some of these violent films, right? Like... So anyways, that's why I haven't that's seen him. And, and I've spent pretty much my whole adult life working genuinely, like really grinding, frankly, me and my husband. We don't we don't even really watch movies. So anyways, yes, we're getting into movies. We watched Moneyball the other night. Um, right. That was way better than I thought it was going to be. I um, I didn't I knew like the, the story, which is why I didn't really think I was going to like it. And I don't super care for Brad Pitt. So I was like, oh. But it was good. We both really enjoyed it. Pulp Fiction. Loved Pulp Fiction. That's my exact kind of film that I like, though. I like something super campy. I like weird, dark stuff in general, mm-hmm. <laughs> which okay. also people don't really seem to think that about me unless you follow me online. Then you're probably aware of that. <laughs> you, but... did, you didn't have that. That's why you like you. You love that. That stuff. You didn't have I that like... when you were a kid. Yeah. Well, no, that is what I had. I grew up going to punk rock shows. I was wearing <laughs> ties to school, dyeing my hair black. That's okay. Yes. Yeah, that's, right. I was a okay. weirdo. Anyway. So you never Wait, saw. So, I, I have to ask, so if your dad is anti, if everything that's popular is bad and you're a Swifty, is he oh. anti Taylor Swift? How, what's, what's his take on this? Because oh, she's, so... I mean, she's the biggest star in the world. So where is he at with that? Is it a point uh, of contention? Okay, multiple things here. I was not a Swifty when I was in high school and middle school. I yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have the vibe of I'm not like other girls, but I don't like country music and I still don't. And she made country music. I also married the only boyfriend I ever had. I was not a child interested in dating whatsoever. I didn't really care about boys. So country breakup songs for 15-year-old girls was not for me. I was listening to Taking Back Sunday and my chemical romance like legitimately that's so it just wasn't appealing to me until i got older and her music matured and her sound matured and particularly i love jack antonoff and i have for forever he started producing her music and all of a sudden i was like oh this is now for me so i am a late transition swifty is my point my dad sent me one of her songs like three weeks ago it's from like i think it was from reputation he's like hmm this is a good song and i was like oh dad Imagine that the most famous pop star in the world has a couple good songs. Like, oh, like he he's I'm like, oh, go like go tell the cal- cavalry you found a good Taylor Swift song. Like, cool. No one cares. Just just like the other day when I told I started listening to Tom Petty, he goes, You could do worse. That's it. That was his reaction. Oh my lord. He's like, You could do worse. I'm like, okay, bye. You anyway, he's just he's just he's himself. So it's amazing. Anyway is awesome there's so many there's so many different ways to go on this uh, <laughs> he loves star wars though that's the other kicker like we're, what? we were yeah we were a star wars a comic book punk rock family like i was wearing rancid okay, okay. t-shirts to third grade i got i got kicked out of school one time for wearing a band t-shirt that my dad got me from a less than jake concert because it had like cigarettes on it uh-huh, <laughs> anyways uh-huh. I, I just, like this is I, I don't know it's just bizarre anyway we're watching the movies we've loved everything that we've watched so far so well, which is only like three 
you're also make you i also wrote down i got to go back and revisit all these bands on on spotify um so on your list from the 27th you've seen you've seen pulp fiction you've seen moneyball but nothing else you haven't seen anything else on this list that you have you tweeted let me double check this really quick hold music because i'm i'm wondering like all right so you know growing up uh oh we watched go ahead we watched goodwill hunting that's yeah, if you didn't know that, that Matt Damon co-wrote it with Ben Affleck and that the main character's name was Will. I was mind blown that you I didn't even blown. know that Robin Williams was in the movie. That's the oh. other thing. Did you guys see? I thought that Donnie Darko was that duck. <laughs> Darkwing duck. <laughs> yeah, Darkwing duck. I legitimately thought that was him. So was Donnie Darko great. really took a turn. When's the duck showing yeah, up? Yeah, <laughs> and then my and then my stepmom sent me like the movie poster, and I was like, oh. Um, but I'm like, that looks like something I actually would probably really like. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say if you were, like, if I, you resonate with like the darker, weirder stuff, Donnie Darko was right up your uh, right up your alley. And what's funny is that on the list of like films that you must see, I've seen most of like the thrillers. I've seen like every Stephen King movie. Like I watched The Shining on repeat when I was like ten. Wow! You know, like that was I loved the original Stephen King. It. Yes. Um. Oh. Uh, um. 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 Silence of the Lambs, I watched all the time. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, like wow. that's the kind of thing I watched as a child. I don't know that's, what that means. It's in your rancid t shirt, just binging Silence. Literally, of the Lambs. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Um, yeah, yeah. I think with the uh, Goodwill Hunting thing, know. the reason why that blows our mind is well, because we, we, you know, we grew up when that movie, I, you know, as like a, a teenager. When did that come out? Like late 90s? Yeah, it was 1997, which is a year after I was born. So just. <laughs> That's yeah. when I graduated high school. Um, Maddie, Maddie asked 50. me today. Maddie Beneers yeah. asked me today. Goes, how old are you, Piper? And I go, <laughs> I'm 27. I just turned 27. He goes, Oh. <laughs> and I was like, Why? And he goes, I don't know. I didn't know how old I thought you were. I thought you were maybe younger, but maybe definitely older. <laughs> what? Oh, what a rookie like, move. What a, like, that's something a 20-year-old would say, Maddie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I went to college with Will Borgen and yeah, Jimmy yeah. Schultz, who's uh Coachella Valley Firebird and part of the Kraken training camp still at this at this point in time. And I was like, and Maddie was like, You guys didn't go to college together. And I was like, Yes, we did. And he goes, at the same time? I was like, <laughs> Yes, at the same time, Maddie. <laughs> Dude. Oh, uh, he's such a 20-year-old. Oh like, man. I, he was like, I guess I really didn't know yeah. how old you were. <laughs> Take him aside, Piper. And really, he completely said it very kindly and professionally. He just really didn't. I could tell he didn't know. He was confused. You got. You've got to be the person that makes the impact. I've had a lot of these things. These people in my life have taken me aside. Said, "Hey, just so you know, you know, it's probably not cool if you reference age with with women at all. Like, you got to play. You know, this is how you kind of pull him aside and do that for him because I've had that happen numerous times. Not with that specific thing." Um, yeah. Although actually probably with that specific thing. Um, but that's... I think it was just because the context, you know, because he was like, <laughs> yes. wait, you did all go to college together at the same time. And then, and then he was like, I guess I didn't know if I thought you were older or younger. He didn't really know, which is fine. I don't care. Right. Either well, way. Wait, did you just finish college? Like, wait, how old are you? Like, you should have just thrown it right back. Yeah. Like, wait, <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> like, like... <laughs> he didn't mean it oddly as well. He was yeah, no, genuinely no, 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 like, no, wait, no. what? Yeah. You were all there at the same time? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think you know, listening to you and like learning about you, um, getting to know you, and then also like the Kraken team. I'm arguably, I think, the most wholesome NHL hockey team and media team is got to be the Seattle Kraken. Like, just wholesome, good people that really just like trying to be the best people they can be. 
Um, really, you know, like obviously we talked a little bit earlier about the them caring about the organization um, and like who's in the organization. I don't know. I just think something, everything around the 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 Kraken is just like it's just wholesome, just a wholesome conversation about movies you haven't, you know, movies that yeah. you've never seen before that everybody else has seen. So yeah, I will say I got no excuse for not having seen ET. That's kind of a tough one. That was a, I didn't like that yeah. movie. It's a crappy well, movie. That feels like I don't. It's, you know, it's like I said, a lot of these, it's like time. The Godfather, everything Tarantino, Shawshank Redemption, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Those are all movies I have not seen, but they're not particularly movies that you would go out of your way to show a young woman on her own either, you know? So I think the context kind of excuses it, but not really. No, it kind <laughs> I'm of does. Watch no them one's all. sitting down, yeah, on like a Wednesday night for like Shawshank Redemption and popcorn. You know what no, I'm saying? Like, like yeah, like my dad wasn't like, oh, Piper, you really need to go watch Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know what? I, like legitimately though. <laughs> I'll just sit down and throw it on. Yeah. This no, my you got it. This is my gun, yeah. And, and we'll wrap this up, but you got to go Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, you've got to go, I think no country for old men. I think yes. you've got to go. Um, I'm snatch is awesome. I love Big that Lebowski movie is one we got to watch soon. Oh Big man. Le- if you like quirky and weird and just kind of big That's Lebowski it. is really, really, really going to like, y'all are going to freaking love that movie. Yeah. My Thank husband you. gets harassed by his coworkers a lot for having not seen these movies. They'll be like, Oh, you don't know this old and it's, some comedy that has really outdated, you know, jokes that he doesn't yes. think is funny anymore. And he's like, no, and I don't want to. But that's one we've been told is like legitimately watch it. It's not just like corny. So no, you're gonna love it. And I hope that when you when you do watch it, you you share it. And Jeff, I have to say something really quick going off of like the wholesome thing that you mentioned with the Kraken. So Piper, if you don't mind, we would love to do the no dumb questions this week with you because it's something that like Jeff and I can only attest to. We can only attest to so much, but it does have to do with the organization being wholesome, but something that I know you've experienced. So if that's cool with you, we'd love to do no dumb questions with you this week. Yeah, for sure. All right, sweet. And All right, so this one. Oh, sorry, Jack. Go ahead. I was going to explain to you. This is what happens on on the on the show. Is when um, other other podcasts out there they you know they act like they know everything, and if their fans write to them and they ask a question, they get shamed because they're expected to know everything. But we're the podcast for people who may be new to hockey and should not be ashamed to ask any questions. So on our show, there's no dumb questions whatsoever. So we invite anybody to ask except for what is icing. We, we, we still don't know how to explain it. Please stop asking me for the love of yeah, God. <laughs> don't ask about that. But anyway, so Joey, what is for Piper Shaw? What is this week's no dumb question question? Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. All right. This week's no dumb question question comes from Kendall Appel. And she sent it to us from Instagram. And the question is, so her family has been attending training camp the past week. So this is like a week ago. And it got her wondering, it feels like fans have a lot of access to the Kraken relative to other sports teams uh, with open practices, community events, running into players at the ice plex, uh, ice plex et cetera. Um, especially when they do like, they go there to do some ice skating, they've run, they've ran into players. She wants to know, is this a thing? Is this a hockey thing or a Kraken thing? And she also sent um, some really cool photos. Her eight-year-old daughter actually had a chance to re- to meet Shane Wright. And Shane Wright stopped and chatted with her daughter for several minutes. And now her eight-year-old daughter is a lifelong hockey mm-hmm. fan, Shane Wright fan. So she wants to know, like, is this a is this a hockey thing in general, or is this a Seattle Kraken organization? A very, very intentional thing. 
I actually would say it is both. I would not every NHL franchise is like that, but there are many that are. Like I know growing up I had the same thing with the Minnesota Wild. Like that's not necessarily uncommon. It's not uncommon to have your practice facility, especially during training camp, be open to the public. I will say though that the Kraken are and always have been very intentional about getting their players into spaces with fans where they can meet them and take photos. And it's, you know, it's not rocket science. Obviously it's very important to the organization that people like their players and that they get to know them as a new team and, you know, get invested in the guys and in their success. So that just makes sense. But it is actually also something that is, I think both important to the players, but the team as well. Like um, when Brandon Tanev had his bobblehead giveaway last year, he literally not stole, but took boxes of his bobblehead and brought them to the armory, which is kind of like a, a not a pregame spot, but a spot where you can go before the game, kind of by Climate Pledge Arena, and was handing them out to people. I think it was the day after the game that they gave them away, I believe. But he like took a bunch ahead of time, and he just went there just by himself and was handing them out and meeting people. Um, he was also very excited about his bobblehead, as understandably so, of course. Yeah. But I think the players genuinely like doing it too. And I think that they make a, an effort to do it a lot during training camp because they have a little bit more time and effort and energy and can give people more time and uh, conversation when you're not grinding, obviously, and exhausted. So uh, I, I would so that I would say it's both. It's not like it's unheard of in other teams. It's relatively common. But I think the level that they try to take it to is uncommon. It's, it's yeah. it seems that way, and uh, everything about the Kraken, just love it. Just so excited for this season. Um, every single off season, it takes me a, f- a little while to get ready for hockey season to be fired up about it. And I'm and it's like it started this week. It really started to hit. Like last couple of weeks, I was like, you know what? I don't know. And then the the rabid hockey fandom is coming back. So I'm excited for the new season. Joey's excited for the new season. We're excited to see you on Root Sports and watch what you're doing. And the entire Root Sports team, you all crush it. You've definitely earned those Emmys. More are on the way. Um, thank you so much for sharing your time with us, especially since you grind so much. Remember, take care of yourself. Do the yoga. <laughs> make sure you you get some good food. Take care of yourself. We need some Piper Shaw in our lives for a while uh, with the Seattle Kraken. So, um, thank you. I, I appreciate that very much. It's a big goal for me in the on season. <laughs> Eat food. Yeah. I, like I didn't have an grandma. off season goal, but I have an on season goal. So okay. that's right. I'm like your grandpa. Like Piper, eat some yeah, food. No. Eat something. <laughs> My freaking boss was like, he was like, no offense, but come on, like take care of yourself. Like, what are you doing? He was like, you can take a day off. Like it's fine. I'm like, nope, gotta grind. Yeah. Uh, like, well, the, the players are taking days off. It's their job too. That's true. But then you should totally weaselly say, hey, look, boss, uh, the players get all their food uh, re- made for them and ready to go. Where's mine? Uh, Come no, on. We need that no, treatment. No, no, Let's no, go. no, no. It's, it's go. totally different. Anyways, happy to be here. <laughs> Thanks for the love. <laughs> all right. Let's go crack. And awesome. Thank you so much, Piper. Always awesome. Piper Shaw is so talented in so many different ways. One of the things she does is she does all this awesome reporting and uh, hanging out with the team for the Seattle Kraken. So I was going to say it puts up with us, but yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah. you know, longest tenured you know person on the pod. It's like, what, her third time now or something like that? I can't decide if, if I mean, like, she's incredibly nice and talented, right? So it's like, is she yeah. just really like Minnesota nice and she won't say no to us? 
Which is great because I'll take advantage of that all day. Yeah, is she like on the pod. Is she cool with being on the pod truly, or is it like, ah, oh, it's gonna be nice? These guys, you know, there's they're, they're I, I oh, kind of pity them. They go, they're damning me again. Son yeah, oh lord, okay. Once she'll get some people eventually, I think mm-hmm. so. But mm-hmm. anyway, Piper Shaw is awesome. Uh, can't wait to watch her all season on uh, on Root Sports, um, and and do all the awesome stuff she does that she does on social media. And then I'm sure, look. She might just become like a regular co-host of the show. I don't know. We'll we'll talk she'll, to her. She'll replace one of us eventually. Her people will talk to our people. So yeah. Uh, but pipes, thank you so much. Awesome insight into the Seattle Kraken. Um, some NHL stuff really quickly is uh, not too long ago we had Trevor Zegras uh, signed with the Anaheim Ducks, and this was a little weird because you know they had offered him something a while back and it didn't work, and then he ended up signing for exactly what they offered him like a month or two ago. And there was all this talk about trades and all. And and then he just was like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's just, just do this thing. And then I can play hockey. So what happened with Trevor Zegris? What did he sign for? What were the terms of this, this deal coming off of his rookie deal? I'm glad you teed it up like that because I don't know about you. I'm so freaking confused about how this whole thing went down because like you just, you know, mentioned, there was essentially like a holdout, right? Because he was not happy. He wants his contract. Um, and then the Ducks organization was like, eh, whatever. Like, we'll figure it out. If you're not going to play, you're not going to play. He's a restricted free agent at the time. The deal ends up being three years at $5.75 million annual average value. And I'm like, wait a second. This is the numbers that he was seeking. Again, like you mentioned, from the very beginning – and now we're a week away from the hockey season. This guy hasn't been doing anything with the team. And all of a sudden, you're like, all right, dude, you have seven days to get your conditioning in. I mean, this is the guy that was the leading scorer on their team last year. 65 points on 23 goals and 42 assists. He was the number nine overall pick in the 2019 draft. Um, obviously, he also is famous for the Michigan goals because sometimes he just decides that he wants to make goalies look really fucking dumb. I, I actually respect it. I know, I know a lot of old school people like you and Mike Babcock might frown against it. I like it because like, hey, if you don't like it, then stop him from doing it in the middle of a game. I think it's there's a lot of talent involved there. Does he play a lot of defense? No. Will he be in Anaheim after three years? Probably not. But it's one of those things where it's like, I just, I don't understand how this whole thing played out. Like, it just seems like there was either no communication or I don't know what's going on because the numbers, again, were basically what he was looking for from the beginning. But now you have the best player on your team, uh, you know, a franchise they're trying to they're trying to build around. I mean, people come to games, right? To like watch Trevor Zegras play. I fucking hate Anaheim. I hate the Ducks. I hate the Angels. I don't think the city of Anaheim should even exist, let alone have sports franchises. I mean, seriously, like they're, it's so, like, it's so repulsive. They have ruined Mike Trout's entire career. There's nothing likable about anything in Anaheim period. And so he's going to be out after three years because Anaheim is where athletes go wishing they were playing for a Los Angeles team. That's all Anaheim is good for. And I just, I'm trying to understand how this whole situation went down. It's very reflective of how I feel about Anaheim. So yeah, man, I mean, no one's going to come and watch the freaking Ducks play. No one gives a shit about that team. If you tell me you're a Ducks fan, I'm going to call you a liar. Um, so, yeah, it is it is what it is. I'm very confused. And, hey, now he's got a week to get uh, you know caught up to NHL regular season speed. And uh, good luck and Godspeed to that because I just don't see it happening in time. Here's, here's what happened is he will tell us who he is this season and who is Trevor Zegras. Super talented, right? Very. Super talented. If he puts the work in to become a superstar across the league, which he's a star, right? But to become mm-hmm. a superstar, he's going to have to put the work in. 
And he's going to have to, and what he basically did was he said, you know what, I'll just bet on myself here and I'll just take the deal because I just want to get to playing hockey. I want to put this thing to bed. I'm obviously not getting traded. So like he probably maybe asked to get traded somewhere and nothing came to fruition because he was restricted. Ducks didn't have to do shit. So, you know, he probably was like, hey, I'd really like to get out of here and go do this. So he waited to see what was going to happen with that. Didn't happen. And then he said, you know what? Okay, screw it. Just, Just pay me. Give me three years and I'll show you what's up. And then I'll get my price way high. Now, that's what I think happened. What could happen is he could just be like, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to give it a shot. Worst case scenario, I'm still getting paid a ton of money being a star athlete in a small market. And I'm going to make my bank and I can exist for probably 10, 15 years in this league, make a whole bunch of money and chill and enjoy California and just do the thing. And I'm good. So I'm kind of leaning a little towards that Trevor Zegras never becoming like a top five or top 10 guy, but like in the league, obviously the league, like yes. top 20, top 30. Sure. I'm, I'm wondering is if, is he going to show that fire uh, to make himself a better person? So long story short, I think, Facts are facts. He took this deal because he couldn't get traded. And he said, I just want to get playing. And he's either going to invest in himself and make himself one of the best players in the world, or he's going to be happy with being one of the best players in the world. But, you know, just being in the top 100 best players in the world and really towards the bottom of that list. So I kind of think that he's going to just chill, be a chill bro, score a bunch of goals that are looking cool, be the face of the game, you know, get himself some TikTok love, all that sort of stuff. And that's what he's going to do. I don't think he's going to be a game changer for the Ducks or for the Maple Leafs or whoever else in the next couple of years. Will he be sought after in three years? Absolutely. But that's my take on it. I think he's just going to be a a really awesome hockey player, fun to watch, but a chill bro who just wants to make a ton of money and in 15 years be living on the beach somewhere, which pretty solid. He's got chill bro vibes for sure. You know who also does is Matty Beneers because those guys hang out in the offseason. The difference is that Matty gets to freaking work. And I'm not, you know, I don't know much about Zegras, but I do agree. Like exceptionally talented, but he's got a lot of, of work to do. Like his two-way game is pretty much non-existent. The guy doesn't play pretty much any defense, but the talent is all there. The only argument I would make to what you're saying is that like the carrot is also there for him now. Three years is on a long period of time. He'll probably be entering right? Like his prime as that contract ends. And if that dude wants to get paid and he's motivated by money, like the bag will be waiting. Like the bag as the kids say, will be waiting for him at the end of three years. And again, I don't think he'll, you know, be in Anaheim after that, but really curious to see what ends up happening with him. But um, the motivation is certainly there because if he can show out for the next, I mean, he's already the face of the, uh, this, this franchise, but again, Anaheim sucks in general city and sports sports teams. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited to see how that goes. But overall, I do pretty much agree with you there. I like him, you know, and I really don't know much about him. So I said all that, what I just said, based on like just the situation. And I don't know how he trains. I don't know if he, you know, now Matty Beneers, you know, obviously I'm a, a homer here. I'm kind of thinking like, oh, well, obviously he's a hard worker, you know. Um, so, you know, I don't know. The jury's out on that. I, I could easily see Zegers proving me wrong. He's got the natural talent. It's just, you know, does he have that extra push to go to that next level? 
Uh, we'll find out. Either way, he's a rich-ass hockey player living the life that I'm jealous of. Pretty awesome. Sweet gig. Sweet gig, bro. Sweet gig. All right, so we already talked to Piper Shaw about our no-dumb questions, but we did not talk about uh, DraftKings. Last week, when we recorded our podcast, I was on a roll. Since then, I have fallen down hard. But you know what's cool is I've been using these no-sweat bets on DraftKings, the sportsbook app, um, which basically like you go – into whatever sport you want to bet on. And there's always some sort of promotion through DraftKings Sportsbook. I really think that's cool because like, oh, okay, no sweat bet. What is that? Um, you can bet on this game up to $10. And if you lose, we'll give you the 10 bucks back. So what's fun for me is I always go in there and say, well, I'm going to bet 10 bucks in this game and maybe I'll turn it into a parlay and I'm going to try and win 30 bucks off this $10 bet. Or I'll find like really good odds and I'll say, oh, I'll try and win, you know, 30 40 bucks off of this. And if I lose, I get my money back. So what's cool about that is, is, is DraftKings is always finding a cool way for you to, you know, have fun, uh, get something for free or get some sort of cool bonus bet. So if you are, if you are not a customer of DraftKings Sportsbook, NFL, football, we got hockey around the corner. Right now, when it comes to the NFL, new customers can bet five bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. So it's, it's as easy as that. Five five bucks, right? You get $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. That's actually how I started my DraftKings Sportsbook career. I did that for the hockey version. Um, all customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day in September. So check it out. Sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it. It's totally safe. Um, I use it almost daily. Use the code THPN when you sign up, and you'll get... Uh, when you bet $5, $200 instantly in bonus bets. Okay. DraftKings Sportsbook, remember to use the code THPN. If you have a gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler and make sure you see our show notes for details. Now, watching the game, listening to a game, listening to music, Raycon, we've talked with them quite a bit. Raycon is awesome. You know, you got the, 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 maybe you got some, uh, some, some air fruit headphones, right? Some earbuds, right? Bananas. Bananas, right? From, from the banana company. And, uh, you know, it costs you some coin. Well, one cool thing about Raycon is they are half the price of brands like that. But they do not sleep on the tech. They do not sleep on the quality. You're going to get top-notch premium audio in your earbuds, in your wireless speakers, all the audio equipment you can find, you will not break the bank. Plus, they have tons of ways to make sure that you're happy, like uh, money-back guarantee, all these different things, right? Make sure you check out Raycon and look up all the audio stuff that you could dream of to have some fun with listening to tunes, working out, uh, watching a game, um, just enjoying some audio, right? So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buy, like buy it. I'm going to purchase that. Buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So thank you to Raycon. Appreciate it. So no dumb questions is out the way. Let's get to our three stars of the week. This is where Joey and I rank what's been going on in our personal life. And uh, we put it into our three stars. I'm pretty sure I started last week. Was I, I did, didn't I? You did yes, start sir. last week. I think that's the first time that we've remembered uh, the order in which we did it. So I'm very so impressed by both of us right now. Maybe for this like fresh season of Kraken Hockey mm -hmm. and these podcasts for the Kraken Pod, we'll remember. So I went first this week, last week. You can go first this week. What's your third star of the week, Joey? 
My third star of the week is an easy one, Jeff. It's spooky season, man. Like spooky season is here. We are recording. You mentioned this earlier. It is Tuesday, October 3rd. October to me is the best month to be in New Orleans. Like the weather finally starts to cool down a little bit. I think this weekend is going to be like 75 degrees. Could not be more excited for that. Could easily argue that New Orleans is the best city when it comes to just embracing Halloween, the spirit of all the spooky things. You can go on ghost tours. You can walk around with a drink in your hand. You can go to all the houses that are, you know, decorated like the Haunted Manor and take photos and do all the, like there's so many things to do. I'm so freaking excited. Like October is just a great month. So spooky season's here. I am going to try to watch as many scary movies as I can this month uh, to get myself in the mood for it. Uh, This also ties into another part of my three stars of the week, which I will get into here soon, but spooky season, third star of the week. Um, I kind of want to like, take my laptop and walk outside. My wife has put the, like made our front porch. I, I honestly like you, this is like an Instagram influencer Halloween porch. Uh, we had a big issue uh, where we live in the suburbs of new Orleans. <laughs> Scary time. We went to go to find all of our Halloween decoration stuff at the garden center. And we're like, this is very scary, very serious. Um, they were not selling it anymore. They said, we don't want to deal with it. We make too much money doing other shit. So we don't have it. So we were lost. We didn't know where to go. We had to call friends and a friend suggested we go to this other place. And we found all the things, the corn stalks. We found the hay bales. We got the pumpkins multicolored. They, it's just like, it's literally like we should charge money for trick or treaters to come up to this front door, which is like 10 feet away from me. And and I, actually, I'll just take you there. Let's just take you there right now. Let me unplug. Yeah, this. let's go. Screw it. I'm gonna hold the microphone. Am I? St- are we still recording live? We're still recording. I'm trying. I'm walking with a rig here. Let's go through the house. I'm um, going out the front door. Hold on. Let's open the front okay. door. I feel like so, you're doing like a scary movie POV right now. I'm really, I'm really kind of into this. I'm actually behind you right now. I'm going to murder you. Okay. Um, well, that's not what my door looks like. So you're a liar. So like this is what this is it. This is the this is the door. Look, we got the pumpkin. It's a nice door. Dude, it's awesome. She repainted yeah. the door like a like a year ago. It's beautiful. Okay. Wait, I'm trying to get this right. So I'll get out the way. But if you can kind of see, like, look at that thing, man. It's awesome. Look at that. I'm outside too. Am I, I still getting Wi-Fi? Yeah, you're look- still getting you're still getting Wi-Fi, which is good because you know we're recording a podcast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Not so that. my mail, the mailman's coming too. It's good to see. Yeah, uh, but it, this is I'm sure this you'll is, get some bills that'll really make your day. We can make a YouTube clip out of this. Look at this porch. Look at the corn stalks. <laughs> look at the look at the corn stalks. Some solid okay. corn stalks. I'm liking look. the corn stalks. The multicolored pumpkins hey. are a nice touch. Yeah, okay. look at that. We got a little. You got, the, you got the doormat with your last name on it in case yep. for some reason yep. you just forget what your last name is. Yep. That's very important. It's like oh, a hospital huge. wristband, but for your for your front door. No, that's huge. I was going to show you. I don't know where it is. Maybe is it in the yard? Well, it's in the backyard. My hockey net's in the backyard. Um, okay. But anyway, there and you basketball go. Basketball hoop too, dude. This is this is sports. This is sports. My kids are outdoor kids. We get like okay. an hour of uh, device time a week, if that. Mm-hmm. It's all outdoors. We but basketball. dad gets like ten hours of device time a day. Well, yeah, but not fun. I not I work <laughs> on it all day. I don't. I I do waste time on Twitter and stuff. So anyway, but uh, don't we all? There you go. You know, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. My third star of the week. My wife's amazing front porch. My wife. My. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> okay, so there you go. What's your What's your second star? My second star of the week is the TV show Hannibal. Holy shit! So 
I've already seen it. So if anyone's listening to this and they're just like, hey, dude, cool. Way to tell us about a show that came out 10 years ago or whatever it was. I've already seen it. It's so fantastic that the other day I was like, I'm really, I'm really wanting to get into the mood for spooky season. What can I watch? And no movies were standing out to me. But you know what did was the TV show Hannibal. I was trying to find where I could stream it from. Uh, I think like Amazon Prime was giving me issues with the episodes. You can find it on Hulu. I know like no free ads, right? But go to Hulu. If you've never seen the show Hannibal, you have to watch it. It's a precursor to Red Dragon, which is just also fantastic. Mads Mikkelsen. I think he's from Norway. Doesn't matter. Uh, he plays Dr. Hannibal Lecter, um, who was a psychologist in this particular series. It's three, it's three seasons long. It is by far one of my favorite series I've ever watched across any genre. And the ending of it is one of the best endings in television history. I will put my freaking stamp on that. Watch Hannibal start to finish. Every episode is riveting. In fact, I have sleepy eyes because I've been watching it until like one in the morning as I try to sleep because I just keep wanting to watch more episodes, even though I've already seen them. But it's such a good series. So Hannibal, second star of the week. That's that's I I I I watched Silence of the Lambs when I was like a teenager. Mm -hmm. That explains a lot. I will never watch any of that stuff. Oh man, come on. You would love it. Your wife would not. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Um it's I, I'm it is, gonna do, it's very graphic, but the storytelling and the characters is unbelievable. If I'm gonna watch, if I'm gonna watch anything in my own time, it's gonna be like something from Piper Shaw's movie list, right? Mind, or, oh, I was gonna say mindless entertainment, but that would be a disservice and, to her movie list. And if I'm gonna watch something new, more than likely, it's gonna be some sort of like uh, biography, biography, um, yeah, documentary, biography, or maybe some sort of sci-fi stuff. You know, like I got a You're whole missing out on one of the best TV series to ever exist. I'm just just not into that. Just not into it. But like Last of Us, yeah. Walking Dead, I'm down with that. I just I, the, the whole, Walking Dead so overrated. Like, how many fucking abandoned malls can you just hide out in for three episodes? Like, I haven't. I'm just saying. Like, at one point, I enjoyed it. I, it was just, a good show, and then it got to a point where it's like, oh man, we gotta. I guess they're just still fighting uh, the Walking Dead, you know. Well, when when they tried in like se- season six, when like they were trying to kill Negan at the warehouse or whatever, and they just fired like six automatic machine guns at him while he was standing on a porch, and he didn't get hit with one bullet. I was like, "That's it, I'm out." He should have yeah. been dead. So, um, whereas yeah. Hannibal, much more realistic. I mean, the number of times, and this is a yeah. real thought that I have: the number of times. That I am out in public, and if it's like a big event, like a sporting event or a concert, you ever think? Do you ever just look around the crowd and be like, "There's at least one serial killer here." You ever think about that? I have. I actually have. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Even like, at the grocery store, I'm like, someone in here has definitely killed somebody. This is one of those things too. Like we talked about the Roman uh, Empire, like, uh, yes. and uh, so we talked about that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how often do people think of the Roman Empire? I don't, but. I would say like a lot of guys think like this though. They think about things like that is like, Mm -hmm. Hmm, out of all these people here today, I'm looking at right now who has done what, you know what I mean? Like I think about that sometimes. So speaking of the Roman empire, I have literally become that meme slash TikTok because I wasn't even no bullshit. And in my defense, I just got back from there. So I'm a lot, a little slack. Yeah. I was not even, I basically was laying in bed a couple nights ago and I, ever since coming back from freaking you know, my Europe trip, I've been obsessed with freaking Michelangelo, which is how you enunciate it before anyone gets on my shit. But anyways, and so I started YouTube being like documentaries on him. The next thing I know, I'm watching documentaries of like ancient Roman civilization and the fall of Rome. 
And I'm like, God, this is great. I'm just laying in bed watching it for like two hours. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I am this guy right now. Like, this is literally what I'm doing. And I'm not doing it for any, I'm just, it's just me in bed. Just yeah. YouTube documentaries all freaking night. See, that's cool. I, I, I would watch that. I would watch that sort of stuff. Very fascinating stuff. I'm just saying there's a reason why dudes think about this. That's right. Um, my second star of the week, sports. We, we talked, we just talked about it just like, uh, but like sport, like, like Januzic sports, right? So, mm-hmm. um, right, full swing, uh, soccer's crushing it. My son's crushing it in soccer. My girls, my wife coaches soccer, uh, their team, they are crushing it. One twin is a defensive superstar and the other one is an offensive superstar. Okay. Uh, Ford is, he's just, he's so good at soccer. He's just so good. He gets it. He's, he's got, he's very creative. Um, and he's a hustler, which is awesome. Football's starting to click for him. Flag football starting to click for him. I stopped coaching. Like I told you, it's probably why it's clicking. It is exactly right. <laughs> he's, he's, I got him on a team where he's like one of the, you know, he's, he's all, they're all the same age, same grade. And he's really flourishing because he's working hard and he's getting it. Last Friday, uh, he had two touchdowns, receptions. He had an interception. He had like uh, four. He had like two. Um, he 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 knocked down two passes. Mm-hmm. Um, Called a pass he, breakup. PBU. Yep, yep. He broke up some passes. He had he he had like four flag pulls. So like he's just loving it and awesome. Um, I golfed yesterday and horribly. But man, like I can't hit a ball at all anywhere mm-hmm. on, off the tee or in the middle of the fairway. But on a putting green, I sank with some coaching from uh, uh, my friends. I sank like four 15 foot putts. And okay. I'm just, that has reignited the quarter annual passion for golf that I will forget about in four days. Absolutely. But I'm going to try and book a lesson in the next few days, so I'm amped about. I need to get. I need to keep this thing going and keep the consistency going. So long story short, Genusic Sports, mm-hmm. we are just operating on all cylinders right now. That's my I second like star of the week. Okay, so. your short game is strong. The wife and kids are killing it. I love it, man. It's a, yep. it's a solid star. My first star of the week is my best friends are moving back to New Orleans, and what? I am so fucking pumped. Slash might possibly. Uh, I won't die. see you ever again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a wrap for me. So this is actually my last episode. Piper Shaw, the reason why she's here, she's taking over for me, Yeah, um, which I'm sure will actually just make the show infinitely better. Um, No, so they, uh, long story short, uh, some things happen like with their family and whatnot. They're from Colorado because, of course, they are. Met them at a bar, just started hanging out, watching football together. The next thing I know, we're hanging out all the time. Just great people. Absolutely insane. Might be borderline alcoholics. I don't know. I don't ask questions. They're grown adults. All I know is that they're a blast. I love them to death. New Orleans has not been the same without them. And as of tonight, they will officially be back. Uh, they are driving down right now with all their uh, all their shit plus their cats. And they're only doing a seasonal thing because they have a house in Colorado. And uh, long story short, they just didn't want to deal with winters anymore. So they're coming down here for Halloween. They'll be here for six months. I'm very, very, very excited. So this this is just my way of saying that I'm about to go off the wagon because um, or on the wagon. I'm I, honestly I mess up that saying all the time, but on. I will I will be out getting to some uh, shenanigans here soon. My uh, partners in crime are back, and it's about to be on. They they are from New Orleans. No, they uh, they they moved here as well. Uh, they're actually from one's from Colorado, and the other one is from Utah. I see. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. But they lived they've lived here prior. Yeah, they were living here prior. Had to go back to Colorado right before COVID, which I call the Coco. So they were like, hey, we got to go go back to Colorado, take care of some family stuff. 
So they've been gone for a couple of years. Just never thought they'd come back. All of a sudden, one day, get a phone call. It's like, guess who's coming back? I'm like, oh, shit, it's on. That's that's awesome, man. Good for you. I'm cool. very excited. Very, very excited. What's funny about New Orleans is like, uh, if anybody who, you know, you, I wish I say most who are listening to this that have never lived in New Orleans, is you think, oh, New Orleans, man, it's like eating food all the time and like drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of loses its luster after a little while. Yes. Uh, the next thing you know, you're just indoors working all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Trying and to the avoid AC. the humidity. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, my first star of the week, just kind of handing it off and getting ready for this. I'm like, I'm ready. I've kind of like gone through um sort of like the phases right but like i'm finally getting ramped up i'm i'm ready for hockey season first star of the game of this of the pod that's going to be hockey season i'm ready to get into it i'm ready to start thinking about it i'm ready to start you know getting more into this cracking pod thing again cranking out videos having fun my head's there um i'm finally feeling it you know what i mean so this is a great start with the piper shaw on the on the show today and uh I'm, I'm ready for hockey season. So I'm ready to watch the stats and, and just get through it. So uh, uh, October through December was pretty awesome for us as Kraken fans last year as the whole season was. So I'm, I'm expecting more of the same, but I'm ready to watch this stuff, man. I'm ready to watch all the drama and see what unfolds. Yeah. I mean, couldn't, couldn't agree more. We're seven days away from the start of the regular season. I cannot believe it was here. Feels like the, I mean, this is like every sport, man, right? It's like, it feels like the off season is forever, like football, hockey, whatever. Yep. And then the next thing you know, it's game one. And you're like, I feel like I just blinked. We have the same conversations every year. It's always the same result. But yes, by this time next week, uh, the Seattle Kraken are playing nationally televised game uh, against the uh, Las Vegas Golden Knights. So dude, it's here and we're, uh, we're ready to ramp this thing up. I'm excited. We got our YouTube up right now. It's kind of bare bones, but we're gonna figure it out as we go. It's you and me running this show right now. But dude, I'm I'm pumped. Like all good things, lots of lots of good content coming your way over this season, and lots yep. of hockey to watch. Lots of hockey. Absolutely, I'm totally pumped. Thank you for listening to this thing again. Thanks to Piper Shaw. Can't wait to watch her do her thing all season long. Um, and 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 appreciate you listening too. So make sure if you can, we're on all the social channels look for the Kraken pod or Kraken pod on everything. We have fun all through the week, especially during games on all that sort of stuff. Um, so we'd love it if you got in there, but uh, super thankful that hockey is back. Thank you, Joey. Please don't die. Make it back to next week's episode, especially since you're cranking all these videos out now and stuff. You're like, uh, again, the MVP of the show's production. So keep it up. Uh, and by the way, speaking of that, did you find a damn clip for our chirp of the week? Dude, you know, you know I always got one teed up, of course. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you next week on the uh, eve of cracking hockey, right? So let's get to it. Have a great week. Here's your chirp of the week. Burakovsky with a shot. He scores!